0: Uh, my name is Prakhsan Sanuse. I am a book author and I am listening to just conversation.
1: Warning! This program contains strong themes meant for a mature audience. Discretion is advised.
2: Going live in 5 4. What
1: does live
2: mean? Uh uh-huh. <laughs> Welcome to Just Conversation, the show where we ground humanity's most absurd and baffling ideas in childish ways. I'm your host, Jack.
1: And I'm your host, Christina.
2: And if you haven't yet, remember to hit that subscribe button and get notified the moment new episodes are released. Now, before we jump into this, let us read to you guys some, uh, reviews from our listeners. And you guys can send us all these reviews on, uh... Apple Podcasts. Remember, you can do that, and we will read them on the show, which is what you will hear us do right now. So, um, the first one. This one is titled "Great Content," and it's by Crypto Kid Podcast. And it says, "I really enjoy the content this podcast shares." Well, thank you very much. Thank Me you too. very much. You enjoy the content this podcast shares too. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic, I do too. <laughs> And uh, next is by... Where is the name of this person? Ty
1: 1807. Ooh,
2: Ty 1807. You got a unique name. Your parents are trolls for sure. And this comment by Ty 1807. That's an android. Yeah. some sort of android that decided, hey, man, I'm a robot, and I like that occasionally to talk about robots. Let's comment.
1: Or there was a, a bunch of other ties. He couldn't get the first tie.
2: Fair enough. There were eight... 1806 other ties. Mm -hmm. And so he got. Such a common name. The 1807th. And he says: Interesting topics and long episodes. Perfect for having something to listen to on your way to and from your commute. I agree.
1: Yes. From Tyler. Tyler from Things My Friends Say.
2: Oh, Oh, that's his name. Tyler from Things My Friends Say. Jesus. So were there actually 18 hundred and six other ties yes or he was born in
1: 1807 whoa he's old
2: he's old are you a vampire tyler fantastic vampires are listening to this too see we we try to reach out and be uh, contact all sorts of of people that's what this show's about we try to Be appealing to the vampires and the robots and we try to be appealing to the zombies and the aliens and the time travelers and the people from the past and the reptilians and ghosts. And ghosts. So many ghosts. And the people from other universes and Did you mention clones? Clones. The only people we don't appeal to specifically are subhumans.
1: What? Oh they don't like anything. They don't like anything. No. What do they do for fun?
2: That, I don't know. They don't Listen do to fun. us.
1: What? I, I, okay. they listen then... to
2: us. That's their fun. If they want to have fun, too bad. You're subhumans. Aww. Sucks for them. Mm-hmm. Sucks for them. Anyways, on this episode of Just Conversation, we're going to have a fantastic guest that we have. Well, I. I have. Me. Ugh. I have a great conversation with writer Roxanne San Jose, writer of Time Travel. Her most recent book, and this is a lovely individual. She is fascinating. She, her mind has depth, and her origin story is, like all writers, a sudden random shift in life just kind of tosses you, and you think about it, and you're like, oh, crap, I'm probably supposed to be writing.
1: Yes. I thought you were going to compare her origin story to something like Batman or something.
2: Like Batman? No, my origin story is like Batman. My family was killed by a book. And then I decided I must invest my entire life into books. They were specifically killed by a notebook in Notebook Alley. They were shot by a notebook. And uh I ever since became obsessed with notebooks when i go to sleep i dream of notebooks and this one time there was a machine and i was chasing the riddler and he checked he put a machine over my head so that he can see what's happening in my mind as as jack wayne and he puts this machine tricks me to put it on and what does he see when he looks in my mind is notebooks flying everywhere nothing but notebooks there's with bat nothing, wings with bat wings there's nothing but like the notebook could in theory just flap itself yeah. but no yeah. it's a closed notebook with bat wings
1: and that made you write
2: no that's what they saw when they looked into my mind no, I I, I, mean... I started writing when after the notebooks killed my parents okay when the notebooks killed my parents, I started writing in notebooks, and I've been writing in notebooks. And eventually, I started training. I started training with the master of notebooks. What's
1: the goal, though?
2: To become a writer. I didn't know it was to become a writer. I was just training to discipline my mind. I was tra- I was learning to write how to into f- notebooks. fight. I was learning how to fight. I was learning how to fight with a notebook. A notebook was teaching me to fight. So, and your then,
1: revenge on the notebooks that killed your parents is by to beca- write I must be the ultimate
2: notebooks? notebook to dominate the notebooks so i learned how to fight with a notebook i'm going to beat all the notebooks down and then i moved into a city called notebook city it's the same city where my parents were killed in notebook alley
0: mm-hmm.
2: and when i are dis- you a notebook i dress up as a notebook when i go out <laughs> i dress up as a notebook and i go and at, at first it was just regular books i was fighting they were i was breaking into all of the bookstores and I was punching books in the face. But one day somebody came out dressed as a binder. What? And they're like, hey, notebook man. <laughs> you're never gonna stop me. And I'm like, no, you imprison in prison pages. And so he ran away and he set all the pen stores on fire.
1: Okay. He's
2: like, the future isn't Books. Oh, because then you
1: can't write anymore.
2: Yeah, the future isn't in books. I'ma move the gears forward so that the future is in computers. And I'ma morph into a computer myself. I'ma bind together pages on how to build computers. And thus my long battle with the binder man began.
1: But he's becoming a computer? He's
2: going to be the manual that builds computers. He's going to okay. collect all the individual pages and destroy every other trace. And I haven't been able to stop him yet, but I will
1: and that he's the reason you dress like notebook?
2: No, I dress like a notebook because a notebook killed my family.
1: Oh, okay. No,
2: you're not understanding, man. <laughs> I also I also talk like I have throat cancer when I'm dressed as a notebook. Is that how
1: notebooks normally sound?
2: The notebook that killed my parents sounded like it had throat cancer. I'm basically being the notebook i'm basically the notebook that killed my parents except not like i'm pretending to be almost
1: that's really disturbing
2: (laughs) it is you can say that i have some sort of ptsd and i'm just i'm clearly breaking down ultimately
1: yeah you're but you're not murdering notebooks
2: i'm murdering well it depends on what you consider murder like i'm punching books in the face
1: but you're not murdering them.
2: i break the bones of notebooks
1: is it because of these notebooks?
2: I break all notebook spines. Their spines? I break all their spines. Mm. Yeah. Well, what were it.
1: your parents?
2: My parents were, what do humans you mean? Or uh, yeah, why wouldn't they be I don't humans? Know. I don't know. You're telling me that. Were
1: they bats?
2: They were. <laughs> my notebook, my, my parents were, were two bats that were killed by a notebook.
1: Because you're a bat wearing a notebook outfit. And that's why the bat wings and you were imagining flying books with bat wings. That's just you imagining yourself flying around. I'm human. I'm human. You're a bat.
2: Why am I a bat? I don't know. I'm not a bat. I am a human. My parents were bats. And they were killed in Notebook Alley by a notebook in Notebook City. Okay. Where I live now.
1: In a notebook?
2: In a notebook. (laughs) Anyways. So our uh, guest, Roxanne San Jose, is uh, fantastic. We dove into the politics of the Philippines, and we dove into our broken U.S. politics, and we discussed her writing processes, how she jumps into it, her characters. uh, Time traveling. Time traveling. We definitely discussed a lot of time traveling and the holes that come with that, and going to see the pyramids and... Fascinating. It was a really good conversation that we had between writer Roxanne San Jose and Notebook Man, Jack Thomas.
1: I thought it was Jack Wayne.
2: That is my secret identity. Stop telling people I am Jack Wayne. You told them in your story. (laughs) No, I told them about this one event at a random party where some dude called Notebook Riddler or whatever I said he was put a machine over my head, and all he saw were notebooks with bad wings. I never said I.
1: You mentioned Jack Wayne, though. Yes,
2: I mentioned Jack Wayne. I didn't say Jack Wayne is Notebook Man. I said Jack Thomas is Notebook Man. I might be both of those people, but that doesn't mean everybody connected those dots.
1: I'm pretty sure you said you were Jack Wayne.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I totally said I was Jack Wayne. I didn't say I was Jack Wayne Notebook Man. I said I was Jack Thomas Notebook Man.
1: I'm so confused. Which one is Jack? Who's who's the real person, and who's the one that's
2: dressing up as a notebook? One of them dresses. Why do th-
1: they both have names?
2: Because Jack Wayne dresses up as Jack Thomas, who dresses up as Notebook Man.
1: That's really <laughs> why. Why isn't it just one who dresses up as the other? Why is there a middleman? <laughs>
2: <laughs> because if somebody sees me changing, they need to see somebody who isn't Jack Wayne change into oh. Notebook Man.
1: Oh, my god! I've thought
2: about all the angles.
1: Well, hopefully you have a fourth one that you really are, that you're keeping a secret. That nobody because... even knows about. <laughs> yeah.
2: But you know what? If that were the case, I'd never tell. Good. <laughs> fascinating anyways Uh let's jump into this conversation with roxanne san jose it's definitely a more cohesive conversation than (laughs) everything you have heard right now and she is definitely fascinating one of the kindest people we have had on this show thus far i really enjoyed this conversation so i hope you guys enjoy
0: enjoy hi hi
2: And uh, so, so I was saying that this book is uh, a science fiction. Are, are you in? Are you big into science fiction? You read a lot of science fiction books.
0: I watch a lot of science fiction, and um, you know, I got I got to write a science fiction because of my creativity. You know, because I know that the story will stand out.
2: Oh, that's fascinating. Do you? Uh, what What are your favorite like uh, science fiction things to watch? You you fan of Star Trek? Uh, uh,
0: Star Wars. Um, a little Star Trek, uh and um I think Avatar is also
2: nice. Avatar the, the movie Avatar? Like uh the films yeah. by uh what was it who was it? It was George no, it wasn't George Lucas, it was Star Wars. I forgot who <laughs> made that one. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm trying to think if Avengers really beat them. They're like uh, the number one most watched movie and I was like, Well, I hope Avengers beat them because I love Avengers and um I wanted to see some change in the box office. Yeah. know I mean, no offense to Avatar fans
2: yeah yeah no there was a, a a lot of people loving avatar but here's the thing about avengers they've definitely put in the work it's 22 movies building up to endgame so they they did their work just to try to beat that one movie it took 22 okay. other movies to do that that's kind of I impressive
0: you have, have like captain america sword iron man Almost everyone in the Marvel Universe is there.
2: Yeah, all the important ones, at least. It's it's a really dense, I guess you can easily get lost and not know what's Because of how many things connect from film to film, it's easy to be lost immediately.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: So uh, you're in the United States at this moment? I hear you got an accent there.
0: Uh, yeah, I am actually from the Philippines and I moved here when I was um 13 years old. So in 2003, so I've been here more than 10 years.
2: How do you like it?
0: Oh, I love it here.
2: Well, so you, w- which part of the United States do you say you live in now?
0: I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada, the west side.
2: Las Vegas of all places. And, and... I know,
0: a lot of gambling, but I never, you know, go to casinos and pay because I don't want to waste my money. But I a lot of gambling going on here.
2: Yeah, I can uh, imagine it's the only place in the United States that it's legal. You've never gambled? You've never gone down there to gamble?
0: No, but I do play like once in a while, but never like hardcore play in a slot machine, no.
2: Oh, you should figure out how to do uh how to learn you should learn how to do some poker and then go over there and start winning all the <laughs> money.
0: Poker, Yeah, but no, I probably, probably get bored by doing that. But I'm sure I if I try it, I love it. What
2: I love poker though, it's like a giant mind oh, game.
0: Do? Yeah, I play cards, but I forgot what it's called. But yeah, I play cards before.
2: Ooh. And uh, the, what, what age did you say you came uh, to the United States?
0: Uh, when? Uh, 2003. So I um, I studied high school and college here.
2: Okay. So so you were, uh-huh. you see, you're a lot like me. I actually got to this country when I was uh, a little bit younger. I was uh, I, I just, uh, officially stabilized in this country <laughs> around the age of 12. Move, I was always yeah. moving around, so we got that in common. We've always kind of been, uh, we're foreigners.
0: I know. Well, you know what? I miss the Philippines so much. I mean, that's my home. And I, I always love to visit it once a year. And I'm very lucky to visit it once a year.
2: Oh, my like, God. So I you get to see. jump back yeah. and forth all the time.
0: Yeah, I get to uh, spend time with my cousins, actually, and um, be, be my home.
2: Oh, you big on family?
0: Uh yeah, I think my mom's side I have like twelve aunts. Wow. Yeah.
2: And uh your dad's side, what about him? Is is that big too? Uh um,
0: uh he has only one brother, so I have one uncle from his side.
2: Oh my god, so there's a drastic difference between the two sides of the family here. <laughs> yeah. One side's ginormous and the other one is super tiny.
0: Yeah, like just one. <laughs>
2: and uh okay so so i got i got a cup see i I myself write, so i love talking to writers about all sorts of things and i totally wanted to dive into your mind and sort of pick apart a couple of things primarily your your character development what sort of process do you take to do to sort of make your character stand out from any other character what do you do to dive into your character's mind
0: Uh, Basically, uh, Angelique Thompson is a very smart girl. So I kind of let her let out the intelligence of her and the love for John Suburban when she disappeared in 1970. So I let that intelligence and love come out of her. So I think that makes the the story more interesting. I just let the character's feelings out.
2: So you let the character sort of speak for themselves. You try not to guide the character, but rather just do whatever you feel the character would feel.
0: Yes, because uh, obviously she invented a time machine too. That that tells her that she's really really smart. So I let that in her. Whatever, uh, it's in her mind or in in uh sense. I let it all in. That makes more. That makes the story more interesting.
2: And uh, w- why? Why a time machine? What led you towards the time machine specifically out of all the different science fiction things?
0: I know. Why not, you know, uh, like an invisibility cloak or something, right? Yeah. Um, I just want to make a a speeding car. I just want to make the story more interesting and more different. I mean, I think that for me as an author, that makes the story stand out by being different.
2: And what do you find particularly different about time travel? What appealed to you?
0: Probably traveling back to the future or in the past. I mean, that's something that I wish I could do because there's so many things in my life that I want to repeat in the past.
2: Did you want to repeat? But you, would you change anything from your own past?
0: Uh, probably right now, probably repeat, especially when my grandmother just passed away. I think I want to repeat those like, memories with her.
2: But you wouldn't change anything.
0: Uh, I don't think so because if I change something or anything, I think I won't be a book author. Or probably I won't be here.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because I, I feel like anything you did in the past leads to what you are in the future, right?
0: Yeah, and I don't mind you know any changes, but uh, I think if I change something, I won't probably be a book author.
2: That's crazy. So with when it comes to time travel, you yourself, even if your character goes back. And you could, if you could go back, you wouldn't change anything. That means you'd probably want to go to the future if you had to sort of interact with anything, right?
0: Yeah, it's fascinating because in the story, Anjali and John went to the future. So they saw what the future looks like. And that, that leads to another introduction of another character, actually. So, um, yeah, I love to go to the future to see what it looks like.
2: Now, that's, see, that's weird because you could cause a bunch of problems. Here's a question. In your story, do, do your characters, because I love things like this, do, do, do your characters by going into the future at any moment see the repercussions of them later going into the past before they actually go into the past like it was already meant to happen?
0: Uh, no, because in the future, they were just having fun and they, they met the character in the future that, that, that can help them in the past. So I think this kind of connect to the past. So it's about fun and connectivity for the both of them when, when they travel to thirty fifty. That was the year they traveled thirty fifty. Thirty
2: fifty. Yes. Yeah. Now, you when it comes to your writing, how much of yourself makes it into the story?
0: Hmm. not quite a lot. Uh but yeah, because I tend to be more creative, so not quite a lot. But you, probably you, not at all.
2: You don't think because naturally do. you, you you don't bleed into your characters to the point that they sort of reflect characteristics of yourself?
0: No, because I'm, I wish I was intelligent enough to invent the time machine. But no, I just uh, let my creativity uh, in me to let the story happen. So there's I, the person of me is not in there. So I, it's just the characters in the story. I don't see myself there.
2: What? You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how often something, for example, like maybe you can't build a time machine. But the way yeah. your character would behave in a situation might be if you could hypothetically create a time machine. Maybe that's how you'd react in that situation.
0: Oh, yeah, probably. yeah. If, I, if my boyfriend disappeared in the past, like by using a time machine, I'd probably go back and save him. Like I'd do everything. I'd probably invent something better to find him in the past.
2: Yeah, because I feel like all our characters, no matter what the case might be, when we make a character, the character turns out to be an extension of us one way or another because we can't make something that isn't us ultimately. Like We do sort of uh, prop up the things around the character. We, We make up the scenes and we change how they look and we try to change their behaviors but ultimately they have to be real to us first before we sort of make the character real in their own universe we have to apply what we think makes sense to then try to convey that to the reader and i definitely believe your characters have they do show both both your main characters show things that are part of you one way or another
0: yeah i believe that because um when i was learning to write a book and uh, i I think personal experience also helps the story improve. Like for me, uh, for example, if I have a personal uh, experience of breaking up with someone, I can write a story about how it feels to break up in one of my characters. So basically, personal experience is very important to improve the story. I mean, if you have personal experience, you know in the story it will happen. Like, you know, whatever happens, your readers know that this is the truth because you experience
2: it. Yeah, you have to sort of, uh, if you don't believe it yourself, it sort of makes its way to the reader and they, they, they sort of feel the fake, if that makes any sense. They feel the, uh, the fabrication. But if it's real to you, if it's genuine one way or another, that ultimately makes it through the writing to the reader.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: Do, do you struggle with show and tell? I find that that's like the hardest thing when it comes to writing. It's, it's being able to sort of show the reader instead of tell them everything.
0: Yeah, you know, when I was learning to write a book, that's always, they tell me, they always tell me, show your book and not tell them. Probably as far as I, had, I find it difficult because it's my first time to write for a traditional publisher. So yeah, I find it difficult at first, but I, I did improve by changing the words, by letting my character, uh, have feelings and whatever they see that's showing so I, yeah i learned a lot and it was difficult at
2: first but how do you make it past like the obvious things like that's that's a giant struggle i always come across like i don't i always get better at it but i never like there's no limit to how good you could be at showing or telling you know like sometimes it'll be i i used to originally it was like instead of telling us their emotion, show us their emotion. so it would be like he's angry so i would tell i would write he's angry Eventually I figure out you know, he arches his he makes a fist, his eyebrows arch and he grinds his teeth. Now you sort of got the image of him being angry. Angry. But as you go deeper and deeper into that same moment, eventually things that are more subtle. Are more effective in conveying that same message like maybe he turns his back and ignores the person but you never use those words you just say he turns his back and starts walking and then with the the scene itself it starts becoming obvious that he's angry and now you didn't need to go into that much detail of his eyebrows arching and his fist getting balled up but it's like it's always better than it was and I find that fascinating that it's always like you're you're always better than you were at writing but you're never gonna be the best at writing there's no way there's no yeah. limit
0: yeah i i think it also depends on the author if that's how the money sells is the story but uh for me show and tell uh it makes the reader feel more entertained if you show your characters more then tell them how you felt. You have to show them. Which make again, like I said, makes the reader feel entertained.
2: Yeah, you have to... You always have to keep the reader entertained. That's definitely the goal. Uh, it's always... What What are the rules, if I can remember? You, you're you supposed to entertain the reader with the story always moving forward. You can never do anything that doesn't move the story forward. That's you wasting time on the page You and wasting, ultimately, the reader's time. You have to have consistent world rules without ever violating them and without ever telling the reader the rules. They have to be just logical. They have to make sense and the reader should be able to understand them based on the story itself. Uh, What else? I think there were like five general writing rules that you're supposed to follow. And it's just real hard to always keep those things in check and always keep them in mind because sometimes you want to put something into a story, don't you? Like that can't make it in because it's too difficult to figure out how to work it out.
0: Just uh, make sure that readers follow your story. Like I said, in time travel, you have to make sure that Anjali is really searching for John and not everything else. You have to make sure that every chapter follows follow the other until it leads to the ending. So don't make your story more confusing. Or you can probably add stuff to make it more entertaining or make the story longer, but make sure it fits in the story is make sure it relates to the story because they were just confused readers.
2: While you were writing this story, uh, time travel, did you come across uh, issues with the science behind time travel? Like were there problems that be- that just naturally arose from writing about time travel?
0: No, I did a lot of research um, on the mechanics side on how to technically, quote code make a time machine. So I have to study the mechanic part of it and I have to do research but it looks like in the thousand nine hundred and seventy which I learned is a lot of military base and less cars
2: okay that 's fascinating so you you are are you one of the writers that does uh, description bombs? Would you rather convey all the details of the time machine to convince the reader because some reader, some writers ultimately go for be uber descriptive with the science. And thus, the reader understands it more, but then you slow down your story to express all these details, or do you le- do you keep the infr do you like you know the information so that your story is more consistent, but you don 't necessarily tell your reader so that you can keep the mo- the story moving forward, but you risk perhaps losing the reader in the consistency if they 're not fully aware well, what side of that do you lean to? Do you like give them more descriptions when it comes to the rules of the world? Or do you lean to not?
0: I give them descriptions so they can understand the story more. Because for me, as as a science fiction author, I have to make them understand how it feels to be in the story.
2: And do you convey these rules through uh, the narrative itself? Or do you take sort of explanation breaks where you'll be talking to... uh, There's a scene where somebody walks into the room and then there's an entire dialogue exchange on how this thing works.
0: Uh, Yeah, I yeah the explanation part, so they can understand the
2: story that's interesting because that that's that that's a i guess they're both ultimately really risky because again, if you take the time to have a conversation expressing the science, it surrounds itself with that, and you sort of take a pace, you slow down your story. But when you go to a situation where you don't express the rules, the story does keep moving forward, but you can ultimately confuse the reader if you don't do it right. And that's that. Yeah. So, so it's great that you do the, express it. But then, how do you resolve slowing down your story to explain the science of the world? How do you solve that problem to not get the reader bored?
0: I I gave them so much detail. On what that what's happening? Like for example, the time machine. I have to tell them how big it is and how, what the size of it, so they can have a visual of what it looks like, and uh, and how all of them, you know, had conflict with each other.
2: How the what have conflict with each other?
0: Like uh, in the forward in in the story. Uh of course, Jean Talbador is stuck in 1970, and she has a conflict because she has an, another woman. So I have to explain to them how they met and um how it happened.
2: Now, did you have fun writing this story? The This is your second story. Did you have fun more with this one or with your first one?
0: Uh, I had fun in all of my stories.
2: Which one is your favorite? Uh, this one. For sure? Like, this one is definitely your favorite?
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure, because I, I apply myself more.
2: And, and uh, yeah, every time you write, you by the end of the process you 've learned so much, the second story feels so much fresher and better,
0: yeah, because i you know because of that, I have more experience and how to do it more
2: what's uh what do you do to keep yourself sort of engaged in writing? That seems to be a writer 's main problem. A lot of writers always uh they suffer quote writer's block because <laughs> so how do you handle? Your, your, what's your writing routine? Do you have a routine you put around to sort of combat these things?
0: No, I, I probably just stop for a while, rest, because I know when, when I have writer's block, I stop, because I don't want to give myself headache. So one advice is take your time on the story, relax, because, um, it's still there, your story is there, so it's fine. Just relax and sleep. So relax and sleep, and then, you know, come back to your story. You don't have to rush everything.
2: see that's fascinating because i don't have the patience for that i can't just like walk i'm one of those people who's like i gotta get through this but see i found the workaround for that same thing when i can't seem to write or find the words or the scene doesn't like come out naturally what i do is i sit there and i open maybe a new document or i pull out a notebook or something along those lines and then i start writing about how I'd like it to turn out, but out of character. I just start writing just like I'm me. Like I'm not in the story. I just start writing as as Jack. I sit there and I'm like, I would like this to happen and I would like that to happen. And uh, I feel like I'm struggling because I can't do this or I can't do that. And by the end of maybe doing that for 20, 30 minutes, it starts turning into what I was trying to write in the first place. And I just sort of push through and it just becomes naturally the extension to my writing.
0: Yeah, always take your time. You don't have to rush everything because if you rush everything, everything's going to be crazy, madness. And just relax. It's, um, it's your story. Your story's going to be there, but your mind and your passion for it will run out. So learn to rest and give yourself a break. Do- I and mean, I think for me, that kind of helps on author because you're not pressuring yourself. You don't become stressful about it.
2: Uh, what do you do when you take a break?
0: I I sleep though somewhere else or watch TV. I probably just yeah, just any anything that doesn't relate to writing I do it so I can just give myself time to relax. Yeah, so you
2: fully disengage. Yeah. Do you write uh every day?
0: Uh when I was writing uh, my second book which is time travel this one, um probably yeah almost every day yeah.
2: Uh, do you set like a you set a word limit or you you set a goal for the day?
0: No, I don't. I just um, when I feel like it's time for me to rest, I stop.
2: Okay, there's so there's no set time. There's no set word limit or anything of that nature.
0: No, the only time that I have to set a limit or a time for that when I was already working with my publisher because I do have deadlines.
2: How does that work? Do you? Uh, <laughs> Publishers are not fun. Do you have a? How do you deal with the stress of that? When let's say you come across a writer's block and you have a deadline at the same time.
0: Um, I still rest. <laughs> I still rest and take my time, and um, I push myself more. Actually, I try to relax, like inhale and exhale, then I push myself more. Probably a shorter break.
2: And that's all. So your mind ultimately just gets clear on the spot. You just sort of. I got to do this, I got to get through this, take a deep breath, focus, jump in.
0: Yeah, because uh, when I was editing my book, I have a deadline, uh, and I was like, oh, I have to edit once a day for how many words was it, and um, yeah, I I just do it, I have to pressure myself on that part, but I still have time to relax, so so, yeah.
2: So it basically becomes homework, I mean, ultimately, if they give you, let's say, like a month you you can definitely break that up in your head into a certain amount of time a day and get through it uh, unless you have like some giant epic book of like 300,000 words or something it's easy to break it apart and have a, a good amount so you can do it every day back to back back to back how how many yeah. words that you put that you put out on on time travel do you know
0: how many words
2: yeah how many collective words made it into the book
0: uh 48,000
2: 48000 So, see, you could... Yeah, you could... And what was every deadline like? So, you you do a draft. The editor needs to get it. You just got it back from the editor. You have to do this draft. What was the average time the editor would give you before you have to send it back so they can look at it again?
0: Uh, Probably a month or three weeks. So, I have to um, do, like, 10 pages a day or probably less less that because the only thing I have to change on my book is... After you got uh, in the editor, it's just add more sentences. It's not that very difficult to edit it. It's just I have to more add. I have to add more words and just uh, be detailed. That's I. I think I'm just fortunate on that.
2: Yeah, you. So so you put out the story really well. You just lacked description in anything, and they were just wanting you to sort of uh, expand on things.
0: Yeah, they they just told me oh. Don't forget to be more descriptive. Uh, what, what do you mean by this? So I have to add more detail. I think that makes me fortunate for that.
2: What are your parameters for an editor? Let's say an editor puts a couple of details in there and it says, uh, this whole scene doesn't make sense. Take it out. You get the book back. And you see that note there. Are you one who obeys fully the editor? Or are you a writer who stands your ground more? Where do you stand on that?
0: Oh, both. Um, the, both definitely because they uh it makes more sense when they told me okay this sentence doesn't fit here but there was also one occasion that they questioned me i forgot what is it and i told them why i put it there and they're very respectful about that
2: yeah because it has to be a relationship you build with your editor ultimately you can't step over them but they also yeah. can't step all over you it has to be sort of a, a give and take they gotta win and lose some and you gotta win and lose it's a some.
0: Partnership. yeah
2: yeah it's a matter of sort of finding the middle ground, the balance. Cause here's the thing, a lot of people, uh readers particularly, when they're looking through the book, they they give the writer all the credit, but it's sort of a team effort that takes place in making this thing. The the idea's generally yours. The the concept, the the way the narrative happens belongs to you. But the product they're holding, the words selected, the the tweaks that made it more entertaining for the reader is a combination of you, the writer, and the editor, doing some serious teamwork so that when the reader gets a hold of it, it is readable.
0: Yeah, in more and more um, detailed and understandable.
2: Yeah, so you so what are your main influences for writing?
0: A uh, Don Brown and Nietzsche album.
2: No idea who they are. They, 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 they are they also <laughs> in the uh, science fiction genres?
0: Uh, no! Uh, one Mitch Abbott, is more like an inspirational author, and uh, Dan Brown, if you saw Angels and Demons or the Vinci of the movie, oh, uh, he wrote yeah, those yeah. books. Um, he writes thriller books, and the latest one that he released is Origin.
2: Fantastic! You ever consider writing a, a mystery book, a thriller?
0: <laughs> Not. Yet. I'm more towards romance. <laughs>
2: Uh, you, so you're uh, what what draws you to romance
0: uh, uh, probably because i just you know i'm well, i don't have a relationship but i always wanted to feel to fall in love with someone i mean everybody experienced that and i i love my parents i love my family so maybe write a romance story about it
2: so then see it does yeah this character is sort of you it's a it's a a fantasy of your own, uh, framed with a sort of sci-fi coding around it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think my third book, since you asked me before, if I was one of the characters will be probably released to me. My third book, <laughs> I'll hopefully get published. It's going to be related to me this time.
2: So you, you think it'll be you in character form going through some sort of romance scenario?
0: Yeah, probably my personal experiences on romance.
2: What's your, if you don't mind me asking, You have a, <laughs> have you had good experiences romantically speaking that you would put, or would you make the book uh, more tragic?
0: Uh, probably more of my personal uh, experience, because I, I read when I was learning to write a romance novel, make sure that they have a happy ending. That's what I read. So I have to make sure the ending of my romance is a happy ending because that's what I love. What
2: about. you think all romance stories need a happy ending though?
0: Yeah, that because I read about it when I was studying to write a romance. One of the the book that I read, "How to Write a Romance Story." Well, that's not the title, but yeah, close to that. Um, it says make sure your ending is happy. What and I... I was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually, some romance authors i didn't have that happy ending but yeah here, I the
2: the current story i am working on actually doesn't it is a romance story too and sadly i i refused i made sure to break that exact rule and the vi- i it's it's well, go
0: ahead you're free to do that i mean like i like i said um uh, what makes a great story is making sure it stands out and it's so different So i think that works for you that's a good thing that's a good task
2: yeah yeah it has to be because i like i like dark so much but that means yeah. that based on that sort of reflection that yeah, this it's to believe not to spoil anything in the story there ultimately should be a happy ending at the end of your books So, do you think if you wrote multiple romance stories, you would always end them on a happy note, or were you, or would you eventually consider exploring a bit of a darker angle and leading them towards a a negative side? Because ultimately, with romance stories, which is something I I myself enjoy reading, a couple of romance stories usually they tend to actually be sci-fi, or they tend to be. I'm not a big fan of fantasy, but the only fantasy stories i i personally even own tend to be uh demons falling in love with people or vampires falling in love (laughs) with people like weird fantasy based things they always do tend to end with a happy ending and it's more about like you go into the story knowing it's going to be a happy ending but it's about how they get to the happy ending yeah it's
0: like for me uh second boring same story right like it's oh my god you know they're gonna be together so why read it i mean it's predictable already right
2: but it's it's how they get there that matters
0: yeah
2: that's the path itself that's the that's what i think is the hardest part about making a romance story it's that you have to make sure that the ending isn't predictable but the ending is yeah. still satisfying that happy ending rule. Yeah, so right. <laughs> they they have to get together. They have to end up together. You can't hold this in front of the reader for the whole story. And then it doesn't happen. But they can't yeah. see it coming either. They have to know what's going to happen yeah. and not know how.
0: Yeah, I think having a c- conflict in the story makes the story more interesting and more like page turner for the readers
2: yeah you always have to sort of a uh, stall gratification that's that's a hard thing to do because you as you you have to read your own book eight hundred million times while writing it the there's a the bias of getting bored reading your own book and feeling like it's stretching on and on and on because you've read it so many times that's hard to beat but you got to remember your reader reads it once and they get that excitement from the first time and you're like the thousandth time you've read the same story you wrote so you know like every word that's in there every order you start a sentence you already know how the sentence ends and sort of you got to beat your self-bias towards your own work
0: yeah yes that's true so uh yeah to make the story more interesting and i'm um, not every reader shares your own opinion so make sure to have a balance on the story
2: isn't that difficult when when you're going through your story have you uh, have you come across moments that you're like i want to keep this in here but i know like they're gonna hate it how do i how do i morph this into something that they don't hate
0: uh basically for me i don't For me, it didn't happen because mine is a science romance novel. And, um, yeah, I just stick to what I think is right for the story. And um, I think I hope they're satisfied with it. I I did what I wanted to do in the story.
2: See, I I love that. I love that you said that. Because I feel every writer needs to do that. Too many writers try to do what they think other people are going to love. And that's a problem because your story sucks. The reader can read it and know you were just trying to get paid. But if you write something you love, you're like, I don't care what they think. I'm going to write what I want to write. And hopefully they like it. But that's not the point. So long as I enjoy what I wrote. So you you aim that's towards just... pleasing you first.
0: Yeah. I, I, for me, yeah, I guess so. Because for me, yes, actually. Uh, because uh, without it, I won't even write a good story. Because I base my story on my creativity. Without using my creativity, this story won't happen. And that's, that's it. It won't happen if I didn't use what I know is right for the story.
2: See, I completely agree with that. I, there's too many people who get who look for the money and ignore the work. And <laughs> they, they, it sucks. The work sucks. It definitely sucks. I like that you are trying to write something you're happy with primarily. That alone tells me the story is going to be good and probably incredibly weird. Weird is the best thing because it's unpredictable.
0: Yeah, because it makes the story stand out. It's always, for me, it's always nice to be different to other science fiction or fantasy stories because you don't want to bore yourself. You don't want the readers to be bored on what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, there's nothing worse than predictability. Yeah,
0: Yeah, because they know, they read from another story, it did happen. So when you write the same thing, they know it will happen to your story. So why waste like $12 to buy your story if they knew before that it's the same story? Yeah. I I mean, I don't want that to happen.
2: Do you, how do I put it? do you write your scenes first and you spread them out and then try to expand and connect them? Or do you have an ending and a beginning and you're like, I got to get this beginning to that ending? Or do you start at the beginning and just keep writing until an ending naturally happens?
0: I I make sure the scenes connect to each other and I write from beginning to the end. So both of them. Because if... we because on the beginning, I have to explain to the readers how John Salvador disappeared. So I have to start from scratch. And I make every scene that I wrote connects to the story and connects to the character to make sure that it has to add more to the story and make it more interesting. I mean, uh, one of my favorite scene there is, um, even though I'm going to blur this story is the pa- pe- um, uh, John Salvador saw her parents in 1970. I think that's one of the my favorite scene and it was able to connect to him well that she finally adopted 1970 like she knows how to to uh, adjust in life so i make sure every scene is connected to the story
2: fantastic how would you in the real world envision building a time machine
0: um very uh beneficial to people that um when I, when I make a time machine, I make sure people will use it in a nice way, like travel back to fix a broken friendship or come back to revisit someone who's already been dead but spends time with them. I don't want to make a time machine. Uh, and go back th- and go to the future and destroy something i don't know I want that to happen wouldn't you be scared very, very about
2: like sure. the butterfly effect like you gave somebody like let's say you built your time machine and uh somebody's like my 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 best friend died in a car accident and uh yeah. you have a time machine you're like hey go use it aren't you scared that if they go and they stop their friend from dying like some like the the butterfly effect is going to happen and the domino effect something other horrible thing is going to happen or you'll change reality in some drastic kind of way.
0: I mean, if you change the past, I'm sure you're gonna change the future, but I don't think so because you you only have one purpose there is to save your friend i mean that's that's a good thing so the only thing they're gonna change is that person is gonna be alive, so no, no butterfly effect or anything
2: because you know you have a purpose to use it fair enough uh on on in uh time travel. When you establish the rules, were there any paradoxes? Like, uh, let's say somebody goes back in time, does save somebody who died. Then that person's alive, so they don't have a reason to use the time machine to go back in time in the first place. So they never use the time machine to stop them from dying, so they end up dying anyways. Uh, Any problems like that ever come up?
0: Oh, no, because my only purpose there is to get John Sabato. There's no anything that uh, another accident happened, no.
2: That's so strange, because going back in time in the first place it's i don't know it's weird there's always some sort of a issue that takes place or arises like a like a time paradox, but I don't know of any time paradox that happens by just going back in time but for in that time machine here's here's a really weird thing, and I know uh time travel stories have have to ignore this because then you can't completely destroy the story if you include it but when you travel through time you also travel through space and like the galaxy and the planets and everything are moving so if you time exactly. travel like you you pretty much come back out in the middle of space and nowhere
0: yeah they did that in 3050 uh, if you read uh the beginning of the story they went to mercury uh, in 3050 so that was interesting and they saw like aliens and stuff
2: do you believe in aliens
0: I do because you know I watch the news or it was a YouTube video that a military a military air force or like a UFO flying. Oh my so God! I, I know
2: what you're talking about. Yeah, that that crazy that they were describing it from from their jet.
0: Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, I believe that I do. You know, nothing is possible well. You know, I believe in go. So. I mean, an area study, even go it, I
2: believe that. Uh, have you Have you been uh, a
0: <laughs>
2: Have you been tuned into the uh, the internet today to find out about the Area Fifty One raid?
0: Oh yeah, because yeah, a lot of people like three thousand people sign up for that. Yeah, yeah there's six hundred
2: thousand people.
0: Yeah I, yeah, I bet it.
2: What do you think about that? That's happening September twentieth, allegedly.
0: Well, I hope they'll be safe because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of guards in there. I mean, they're they, they probably going to ra- rally a lot of guards outside Area 51 for that. So I hope they'll be
2: safe. They don't have 600,000 guards, though. If 600,000 people show up, they're so screwed, they got to drop a nuke in that area.
0: Oh, they probably have like a, you know, oh, wow. like a military there. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. So I hope you, they'll be safe. This is actually what I was thinking about, that they, they probably just... if. If realistically people decided to raid just because there's a group with 600,000 people saying they're going to do it, like two hours ago, they moved everything to Area 52. You know, like it's not <laughs> even there anymore. You're going to get there. There's going to be nothing there.
0: Yeah. I Well, I just hope people will be safe when they do that, because I'm sure the government is already working a plan to protect Area 51. So I hope they'll be safe. There's no injuries or anything no violence
2: just be safe how horrifying would it be if we got there and we did like let's say we broke in right we we succeeded and we got inside and then we freed the aliens in there and we, <laughs> we realize that there was a reason that they were being trapped and it's like we're gonna end the world now because we freed a bunch of aliens that were being contained for our own protection now some kind of xenomorph freak is out there and it's going to destroy the planet.
0: Oh, yeah. Basically, um, if they have a reason for it, then I understand it because probably they don't want us to panic. That's why they're hiding something. I don't know what whatever they're hiding. So I probably understand them. But but I will also expose some things inside it to make the people know that this is why what's happening inside. You don't have to panic. We're not going to a war. That's it. Yeah. I'm going to understand, but still at the same time share. Just yeah. to make sure that, that we're safe.
2: Well, what's going to be crazy is if this does happen and people do go there and we break in, we're not even going to find aliens. We're going to find exactly what they've told us is there. Just a bunch of an ships. Airplane,
0: a different kind of airplane for the military. Yeah, that's cause...
2: exactly what's going to be there. It's going to be exactly what they said. It's just an airplane testing site and they don't want us there so that we don't reveal their secrets. The end.
0: Like, yeah, you don't want to rebuild our nuclear system because I'm sure that other countries will. Other countries will also invent it and probably use it for something else. Yeah,
2: man, we're surrounded. Like, I'm so sad you have to come to this country when it's having a meltdown.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah.
2: It's like, but I, like I
0: said, I, 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 hope people will be safe. Yeah, people can gonna be safe, them. but They'll it's like safe.
2: it's the least of the problems. We got so much ridiculous crap happening all the time in this in this country lately. But then, against like the planet, isn't it? Everybody's losing their crap everywhere?
0: I know like we have this giant wall of, you know the immigration problem i i I just reading the news and I saw people inside the immigration camps, and you know how can you fit four hundred people in one tent i mean that's that's something the that Trump administration needs to fix
2: it's so horrible, but it's like so many things about this like how do I put it? The the uh, the whole immigration camp thing—it's been revealed, but it was happening since nineteen ninety six. Like we were living yep. not knowing about this. This is crazy. We've had camps with humans in the United States for the past twenty years.
0: Yeah, but I think it's it's getting more exposed because there's a lot of people already b- being put inside, and because of the technology that we're having. I mean, I feel for me, I've. If only we can help those people be legal, then let it be. We don't have to put them like in a camp or anything because it's but it's for me it's very unhuman, you know, to fit four people in one tent. How can they even move? How can they even sleep? I mean, just just make them legal. And I feel very ignorant that our vice president went there and just looked at them. Yeah, if you if you check the news, our vice president just now went to the uh, immigration camp and just looked at them i don't know after that i think they're gonna have a meeting but i feel like it's very unusual to see people
2: no that's so horrible it's i don't even know man this the political system in this country is so fucked there's so much wrong it's all broken and it's like like sure the left wants to blame trump and pence and don't get me wrong they're not saints but the left isn't saints either. Like, everybody's just trying to benefit themselves ultimately. Nobody's for the people. Everybody's doing whatever they want for themselves.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, just make them legal. You don't have to put them, like, in a military camp. Uh, I mean, immigration camp for a Just make them legal. If they want to stay here, then stay here. I mean, we're a free country. We're a big country, actually. So why not make them legal?
2: Yeah, we can and actually why- fit everybody in the planet in this country and still have an infinite amount of space.
0: Yeah, you don't have to separate the children from them. I mean, that happens before, which is so horrifying. I can't even imagine if I'm a mom
2: oh my and I'm God. my daughter
0: or my son is separated.
2: From I found it so hilarious when... Yeah. Uh, everybody was yelling at trump to sign they nobody nobody did the homework and looked at the bill they wanted him to sign they just knew the bill meant that the kids wouldn't be separated from the parents so the whole left jumped on board and got him to sign it. sign the bill sign the bill and then he did sign the bill little did we know what the bill was is so that the kids could be imprisoned with their parents
0: i mean that's that's bullshit i'm sorry for their language i mean feel free drop all the f-bombs yeah You'll, I can't imagine being separated to my child because of that. And you have like, children? No, but I want to because I love kids.
2: Oh, you want a family? You want like a huge family?
0: Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, I use family, like two kids. Two kids.
2: <laughs> so they can play with
0: each other. <laughs> I don't want my, my daughter or son to be alone. So two or three. So he can play with each other.
2: Well, fair enough. Uh, when you have a, a one kid, they end up being a little spoiled brat anyways, right? Like the whole world focuses around them. I know, like, again, i going
0: to give you everything now. I want my kids to play with each other, like, be entertained. And when they grow up, um, they're going to have them, you know, support system. Because we, uh, after we pass out, our kids, they're going to help each other. I, I, I don't want my kid to be alone in the world. I want him to have someone to help him or her, just in case I pass away.
2: When you have kids, are you going to show them the homeland?
0: Oh yes, definitely. So she can learn or he will learn about the Philippines and the culture and the language.
2: What's your favorite thing about the Philippines?
0: Uh the language, uh our national language is Tagalog so the language and the food.
2: Oh, you're you're a big fan of food over there? What kind of foods are over there? Is it like uh are, are you like Hispanics just a bunch of rice everywhere?
0: Uh no, mostly soups and pork. Uh, we ha- we have a food called sinigang. It's a big- It's spicy and there's pork in it and you can add shrimp. It's very, very delicious. I love it. It makes me like, wakes up, wakes me up in the morning every time I eat it in breakfast.
2: Oh man. You, you, you know how to cook?
0: Oh yes, I do. I know how to cook,
2: yes. And do you make a bunch of uh, native to your country meals or more often? Or do you make, uh, are you adapting to uh, American food for whatever reason?
0: I probably both, both.
2: But you like homeland food more?
0: uh yes because i love my country
2: so much fair enough i don't even see i when when somebody starts talking about like american food what food is american fast food that's it right like
0: hamburger or cheese yeah exactly
2: (laughs) like all those things (laughs) that you could just buy in oh you know what you win you're right a steak is definite but i feel like there's variations of steaks that come from different like or how they're made that come from different countries right
0: yeah, because because I know pasta is from Italy. Because when you when you say pasta in Italy, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's for Italy. Because yeah.
2: Here's a weird thing. I don't know if you know this. P. Uh, at least where I'm from, we've always considered Filipinos to be sort of the the middle ground between uh Hispanic and Asian. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah,
0: that's fine. That's fine because um, I think my last name came from a Spanish family because san jose is like more spanish
2: but isn't that so unique that means you've got the best of both cultures yeah it's sort of this perfect blend
0: yeah that's true because uh well if you when it comes to mexican we have the same word like when they say comusta it's also the same word as comusta to us like how are you
2: oh fantastic i love that so it's the same thing like how are you
0: yeah, but a different spelling. Like us, is like a U and uh and them is like an A or something like
2: that. Yeah. Do you know Spanish? You do you know just your homeland language in English, or are you multilingual? I
0: took, a, I took a Spanish class in high school, and that's it. But I love it, Spanish. I love it. Like, uh, I I forget how to say I love you, but I I love it. I love the language. Te I love quiero.
2: So that means I love you. Te quiero. Te amo. There you go. Thank
0: you. te amo, there you go. Yeah, yeah both of them. those. I love the language. I love everything. Because about
2: I them. think te quiero means I care for you. And te amo means te I love amo you. Means I love you,
0: there you go.
2: Yeah, yeah. So the food and the language are the favorite. And those would be like your immediate go to's. Let's say you could never make it back to your country for whatever reason. And you have children over try. here. You would focus on teaching them language and food.
0: Oh, yes, definitely, because language is what makes us unique Yeah. And other countries, because not a lot of countries have their own native language.
2: Yeah, every country, think, for whatever reason, has English. English. Everybody's being dominated by English. Yeah. Isn't that crazy that the United States, people come to this country and the United States focuses on... Everybody learn English over here. But then everybody everywhere else is learning English. We're not, we're not like, learning anything.
0: Well, that's a great advantage for us. Too, because we know we can um, easily, easily adopt to other countries. I mean, that's a big advantage for us, though.
2: Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, see, here's the thing. An American can go to any country and people can understand them. And anybody from any country can come to the United States and speak English. And it's fine. But let's say we travel to that one country that doesn't know English. Then what? Then that American is screwed, right? Because they don't know crap else <laughs> yeah, other than <just> like, <laughs> English. i <"I'm>
0: sorry. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sure that they managed that. They can always adapt to their culture and their language. I mean, I love, you know, trying different things. And I hope they, they do too.
2: If you could travel to a random country that isn't your homeland, where would it be?
0: Mm, probably Egypt. <laughs> Egypt. <laughs> Egypt. I always wanted to see uh, the pyramids. It's one of our seven wonders of the world. So
2: so, Egypt. Do you want to see all the seven wonders?
0: Oh yes, yes. I one of them is China, the Great Wall of China. I wanted it to visit that as well.
2: Oh my God! See, I do you know all the seven wonders off the top of your head?
0: Oh no, I only know two, like Egypt and China. And you know what? We we're also just talking about the seven wonders a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah.
2: The, because I, I think like um, the there's the natural wonders and there's the man-made wonders, right? There's like a. I,
0: what the is... mayans is also one of them the mayan temple
2: oh I wow think. so that's the that's a man-made we got the, what is it the wall we got the the te- the pyramids the mayan thing there's
0: and the philippines used to be used to be one of them actually the, the rice terraces oh, what it's the like heck? a mountain it's a landscape another then another landscape it's like a, a stairs of mountains
2: oh my god you know which one is one i think it's a you know the face of the president mount rushmore or whatever is that one of them
0: i i don't think so no i know no i don't remember reading about it
2: oh mount rushmore i
0: mean maybe i'm wrong probably i have no idea you could be right
2: for all we know i have no clue but you know what tell me how narcissistic that is that there's four faces of presidents just blasted on the side of a (laughs) mountain. Yeah, probably
0: that's good for a historian or a history class, but I don't think so. I mean, Seven Wonders of the World has to be related to environment and nature.
2: Oh, so you think this... Nah, the pyramids aren't nature.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're they're different, but uh, they're unique. I mean, for them to... It's very hard to make them anymore. I mean, it's so hard to make a temple. So I think that's very different. And uh, to make a Rajmar, I don't want to... To make... Our historians angry, but it's we can also make another mountain, but I don't think we can make another pyramid. I mean,
2: fair enough. a lot of we actually yeah. have no clue how they made it. Like we could definitely make pyramids right now easily. We don't know how they made the pyramids when they made the pyramids.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that blows is, our yeah. freaking minds. I mean, yeah, and they do it by hand. I and mean, before we don't even they don't even have mechanics or whatever truck or they just used it but they just did it by hand so i mean that's very fascinating
2: i mean slave work is powerful you know like they for (laughs) they forced how many hundreds of thousands of people to die doing these things and uh, this is a crazy part because somebody had to really write down the plans for it somebody thought this out before like before they made the slaves do it they figured out how to do it and then got the slaves to execute it so there was some genius Coming up with this plan that we can't figure out today.
0: Yeah, that's fascinating. They're very intelligent people back then. I feel bad for slavery. I, I don't think it's proper, but it's a very, you know, beautiful thing to see the pyramids. I mean, this, the math the engineering of it is fascinating. I can. I mean, as
2: horrible as slavery be. was, it, it it led to us. We would not be here the way we are here without slavery. We it would be uh, yeah, so different. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, sure. sadly, the tragedies of the past equal the successes of the future. And, fair enough, in the future, fe- uh, the people 2,000 years from now are gonna look backwards and think we are the worst humans that have ever existed. They're gonna think we were destroying the planet and we were at war with one another. They're gonna be looking back and be like, they were savages. We're the intelligent people. But then, 2,000 years from then, those people are gonna look back and be like, these guys in flying ships are savages.
0: You know, if you went to to Greece, I mean, their temples is so beautiful. I've never been there, but how they can make that temple so perfect? I mean, oh my god, the architect, the architecture of that is so beautiful.
2: Yeah, that's it's definite genius. work going on? There's also the uh, I don't know if you know what the golden ratio is. It's the sort of sacred no, number. No. The, uh, it's it's like a sacred number that's happened to show up everywhere, like nature shows it or something. I think it's like one to one half or something like that, where. Everything in the universe seems to follow this number, and all the structures inside, uh, uh, all the structures in Rome, all these temples, uh, the Mayan temples, all those things are made with this golden ratio. Actually, I'm looking at it right now. It's one to one point. It's one to point six one. That number oh. is is a weird exact thing, and it shows up everywhere. It shows up in like if you pick up broccoli, it follows that. If you look at, like, lettuce, it follows that. If you look at a lightning bolt, the way it, like, breaks apart the bigger root of the lightning to the smaller lightning, they all follow this weird number that's engraved into everything, and the people who constructed the Roman structures... And the paintings, unlike the great chapels and all these things, they follow those numbers. So it's not just a work of art, but it's a work of scientific genius.
0: It's fascinating. Wow. Oh, my gosh. It's totally
2: unspeakable right now. Yeah, no, it's some fascinating thing. I don't even understand how. I don't... I don't even know how long ago they came up with this, that they implemented it into everything. Even the pyramids. Think of how long ago the pyramids were made, and even the pyramids have the golden ratio applied to them. Some people suspect that it's programmed into us.
0: It's so perfect.
2: Yeah. Some people believe that it's it's almost like a human, uh, it's part of the human mind, where even if we don't know we're doing it, we do it. So we we made the pyramids according to the golden ratio without even knowing that the golden ratio was a thing.
0: Well, I do believe that because before, um, when they're making the pyramids, there's no, like, a truck or anything. They, they just do it by hand. So I do believe that.
2: Yeah, but that, and then that's even weirder. Like, what's going on in our minds that leads to these things?
0: Yeah, that's, I. Yeah, be a, at the time issue will work and I travel back so I can see it. <laughs>
2: Man, you see, I would totally too. I would totally, I would want to see the craziest things. But I also, I'd be horrified, like doing anything. Because think about it, the smallest thing could change anything. Let's say you move a rock, right? All you did was move a rock and you think this is not going to do anything. You kick it to the side. Later, you go, you teleport back to whatever time, right? So now uh, one of the slaves was going to walk through there. They were going to step on that rock. They were going to stop moving and that saves their life right? They stopped moving, they made it too late to where they were going to go and they don't die in some tragedy where everything falls apart and while they were building the pyramid, it collapsed and killed a bunch of people and they survived and then they're like our ancestor. But you move that rock, all you did was move a tiny little pebble. They don't step on it, it doesn't hurt them. They keep walking, they are in that tragedy, and then we don't exist.
0: That's should that makes a big difference.
2: That's nuts, right? Unlike we would never know time travel is so sensitive i would be horrified
0: yeah like i said before if you change the past you will definitely change the future
2: yeah there's no way around it i would be so freaking horrified of anything of that nature (laughs) and so how do you how do you and how do you feel have you held your book yet it's already you've already held a physical copy in your hands right oh yes i do how did it feel the first time you did that
0: i was priceless because i i felt overjoyed that i accomplished something it's
2: It's it's, very priceless it's amazing and right like you just just Mm -hmm. holding it nothing more just holding it and you know everything that's in there it's not like there's anything in there that'll surprise you it's just it's done and that's enough yes yeah it's a great feeling for sure for sure i thank you Yes, yes. It's, it's. I mean, it's a fascinating accomplishment. Not many people, you got to understand the level of discipline you showed in being able to do this. How many people have been writing their first book for the last 20 years, you know? Yeah. Just to be able to get through anything and make it and be like, yes, it's done. Nevertheless, to publish it through a traditional publisher, that's astounding. You, you've done the hard work. You've done the heavy lifting. You've gone through it. Too many people sit around doing nothing. I'm going to get there. I'm going to do it. It's going to happen eventually. And it never yes. happens.
0: Yeah, it's very uh, priceless and fortunate for me because, you know, I, I like I said, I'm very speechless because I was able to accomplish what I wanted. It's very priceless.
2: If you weren't a writer, what would you be doing?
0: i probably still work in a family business.
2: What, uh, what kind of family business?
0: It's a slot machine business. Uh, we repair slot machines in casinos.
2: Wow, That's your family's business? Yeah. Wow, that's so fascinating. Holy do you I'll know? I'll
0: probably make my own business.
2: Yeah. Do you know how to fix slot machines?
0: Oh yeah, I uh, repair them. Yes.
2: What? And oh my god, that is so cool. I don't know how we did not <laughs> touch this yet. So, what? How did this work? Your parents showed you? Uncles showed you? Ah, uh, my dad. And you've been doing this since you were a little girl.
0: Uh since I graduated college.
2: That was that's when you fixed your first slot machine.
0: Yeah. uh Yeah. Yes. Yes.
2: Yeah. And would you say you're particularly good at it now?
0: Oh uh, yes, more experience and, and not destroying or wasting time.
2: Have has that happened before? Have you ruined a couple of machines?
0: Oh yes, uh, a few. Like um, the th- the one that I fixed. It became more broken. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, thank God it didn't happen again.
2: Okay. So, you've broken just one machine?
0: Um, um, a few, probably, let's say. Like, probably less than 10, probably.
2: Less. Probably. Is it common? What, what's a common? Like, let's say I would get into it right now and I started. Uh, I start today. How many machines between now and 10 years from now would I have broken?
0: Probably 10 or 9.
2: 10 or like one annually?
0: Yeah, one annually because uh I I try to uh listen to my dad or I probably won't touch any slot machine. I stay in the accounting, so yeah.
2: Okay, so so how how big of a is it like a? I mean, you're in Atlantic, not Atlantic City. You're in uh, Nevada, which is sort of the the crown jewel of all this gap. So there's quite a lot of business over there.
0: Oh yes, basically uh related to casinos because we have a lot of casinos here.
2: So all the time, you guys have like slot machines coming through every single day all the time?
0: Yes, different uh, shapes and sizes of slot machine monitors.
2: Is is it difficult? Is it like a lot of electronics or is it more of like the gears and things?
0: Uh, both. Both. It, they can be broken from the outside and they can also be broken inside.
2: But the outside breaks are the easy ones, right? It's like a button doesn't work or something? Oh, yes and then the inside is like some gear is off and it's making them win too many times
0: yeah it's more like the mechanic of if you're gonna fix the inside and the outside because the outside you're gonna see the problem already because it's already in front of you you don't have to open anything
2: and how do you guys adjust the like or not adjust but how do you guys fix something without ruining the success percentage because let's say you're 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 working on one of these things, you you don't want to make it more likely that the machine is going to make winners, but you also don't want to lower it. Do you sometimes have to work with things related no, to that?
0: We never touch that. I mean, I think we're not allowed to touch that. We only fix something that it it doesn't work, like it won't turn on or or um, the touch screen is broken. We don't we don't mess with the setup.
2: Uh, is there like a different mechanic that does things with that?
0: I, it depends on the casino already will touch that. But we only fix something that it doesn't turn on or the screen is broken. Like you mentioned the buttons. We never touch any setup or any percentage.
2: Are casinos really, really strict about stuff like that?
0: Yeah, because we only fix what we're supposed to fix. We don't do any need like numbering stuff we're not, we're not allowed
2: to do that oh man how lovely would it be to know exactly where this machine is going exactly where it's going to be and make it like 100 percent accuracy and then you go over there and you put like whatever code makes you win and just become rich
0: yeah we don't do that we only <laughs> fix a physical problem of it we don't fix any like setup no we don't
2: do that you guys should make friends with people who do know that kind of stuff and then like <laughs> make some kind of elaborate scheme
0: no <laughs> no i'm I'm fader. no
2: no <laughs> oh well we only
0: fix we only fix we don't go beyond that
2: man you gotta point me to all your business acquaintances i'll take this route
0: <laughs> no we only fix
2: them i'm gonna build a team of seven people one person fixes the inside, one the outside. One messes with the algorithms. One of them is going to be a lookout. The other one is a hacker to lower the defenses. We're going to break in. We're going to play this machine. I'm going to win a million dollars. And then we're going to walk out like nothing ever happened.
0: <laughs> no, we only fix them.
2: That's going to be my next book.
0: <laughs> well, if you need uh, like a reference, let me know. I can uh, add my input. So you can write a better
2: book. <laughs> oh yes, definitely. I'll cash in on those when I'm writing my what? What do you even? What genre is that? Like a like a crime? Is, is it crime thriller? Like a heist? A crime, there you go. A
0: crime, or probably a thriller book.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's like because a like a heist. The only crime you're gonna
0: do is like stealing money. So I guess that's a crime.
2: But it's not. I mean, it is. Yeah, I was about to say it's not stealing money, but it's totally stealing money. But it's like it's not gonna look like stealing when I'm there, right? Like the the machine is gonna be rigged for me to walk right up to it and everybody around me to see me win and think that I won fairly. There was yeah, actually it's
0: probably asked a trailer book or a crime book.
2: It reminds me of a what's it called Moneyball or something like that. There was a, a a a story that they rigged how the balls would they they would play in the lottery. They like made sure that the perfect number would show up, so they had to like uh, put the right balls. They needed to make all the other balls heavier minus these balls, and they needed to make sure that these balls would go in a specific order so that they would win the entire jackpot.
0: <laughs> wow.
2: I don't know how that would work, but if I could figure that out, I would definitely do it. <laughs> I mean, there was that one time that it was 300, Uh, what? not even 300, it was 600 million dollars. Of course, after the government robs you, you only get like 400 of that.
0: Yeah, because of the taxes, yeah.
2: It's not crazy. Here, we're going to give you a bunch of money, but we're going to tax you on the money we were already giving you.
0: I think, we, I think that's kind of fair because we, we, have, to do, we have to pay some taxes.
2: Yeah. See, I'm actually a person who doesn't mind tax. I like paying tax because then when somebody gets in the way and they're like, hey, but this, yeah, I pay you. I pay yeah. for your job. You get my point? I find that completely fair. So uh, people want to go to the hospital when they get shot, but they don't want to pay their tax. Like, are you crazy? You you don't come to the hospital. That's funded by the taxpayer money. If you didn't pay tax, I'm paying for you to come and use my services. Are you crazy? pay your tax and then it's also your services working
0: hard right and that's fair but uh yeah as long as we're paying taxes for good but taking advantage of them is very very wrong and very offensive
2: definitely because the tax funds the country that's what i don't understand the same people who want people to pull themselves up by their bootstraps are the same people who when they need when the free stuff is offered just show up those are the same exact people. They just show up for free stuff. But it's like, I thought you should pick yourself up by your bootstraps. It's like, nobody's going to take my tax money, but I also want, you know, health insurance. Yeah, that's true.
0: And um, I just make sure that the people who benefit our, ta- our taxes is not corrupt. Like a politician, make sure to use our taxes well.
2: Oh, my God. If only that was the case. We know damn straight the politicians aren't doing anything good with it. <laughs> Yeah, But I think that's universal. I think uh, every country has the, the repetitive problem of politicians finding ways to pocket tax money. And that's the biggest problem in the planet. Taxing is meant to be good and always turns out to be bad.
0: Yes, that's true. I mean, I'm sure it happens to other countries.
2: I'm sure it happens in all the countries i don't think all the politicians are doing it but i'm pretty sure every country has enough politicians doing it that it's a problem
0: yeah i'm sure it does i mean i, I feel sad that they're stealing money from us and i mean that's that's where our, our hard work or our time goes to i mean it, it happens i'm sure it's very disappointing
2: it is but if we didn't have a see every system comes to corruption if we didn't give tax despite there being a bunch of people robbing most of it, then there still wouldn't be these uh programs because ultimately it's like, look, you guys have healthcare and it's just them trying to prove to us that they're not stealing our money, even if they are. But the result is there's still healthcare, you know? So even if they're stealing yeah. the money, there's still the thing we, we thought we wanted and the, the thing is still there. So we're benefiting from it, even if it doesn't cost the price they tell us it does it's maybe one-fourth of that, and then they put those other three-fourths in their pocket. We still have the thing that we thought it was. So I guess it's like yeah. a win-lose. We got to the, get the bad with the good, ultimately.
0: I love them, to be honest with our money. I love, um, for example, Trump. I'm not saying he's a corrupt person, but I just want to make sure our leaders are there to lead us properly and not taking money from us. It's unfair.
2: I mean, Trump is a genius at robbing people, though iris <laughs> he like he'll tell everybody he wants money like give me money for the wall and then they give him money for the wall and then he throws it in his own bank account and it's like <laughs> it's
0: crazy. you
2: trick them to give you money for the wall because you allegedly don't want these immigrants and then you take the money and don't even use it for the wall you just keep it <laughs> that's so genius he lies to everybody people think he wants a wall he doesn't want a wall he wants more know, money
0: but- Forcing people, the politicians, to give him that wall. I remember because of the um the shutdown because of that. It's crazy. Yeah, he it's
2: will do whatever to sell those people. that. <laughs> yes, he will do whatever he wants, and people pay no attention. It's so crazy. Yeah. Like the, everybody's but just screaming at him.
0: How many years does he have? Like two more years, three more years.
2: I think so... he has one more year. The elections are twenty twenty. Okay, that's good. So. But then oh, he's probably going to get it's elected over. again. He's probably getting elected again. We can't win. He's he's taking it.
0: <laughs> I always wanted to vote for Hillary Clinton. I, I like uh, having a first woman president. That's very historical I mean, and inspiring. I, I mean, weren't you Clinton
2: excited on. to have our first white president?
0: Uh, I always wanted to see a uh, a first woman president.
2: Yeah, but uh, weren't you excited when people picked Trump? We got our first white president ever.
0: Yeah, but this, the, he doesn't even have a political background. That's kind of minus me a lot. I oh mean, my like, god, right? I,
2: he's he's like this uh this business. I don't even know because it wasn't was it Reagan or Nixon or somebody was like an actor that became president.
0: Yeah, I think Ronald Reagan was an actor.
2: He like how the hell did that happen? This see this shit has happened always. We just have a weird system where, like, a businessman and an actor were both president at some point. That's the real American history.
0: <laughs> well, I think it's because people like just like him. I mean, that's that's a huge plus. But I always wanted to see like Henry Clinton be the president
2: rather. Oh, yeah. Did you, did you like her values or were you more on the side of she's a female? Might as well do that just so we can have a female um, president.
0: Both because uh, he's been in politics long enough. And yes, he's a woman. So I think that's inspiring for a woman like me that a higher person in that position. It, it's in a position that I think that's very inspiring to me.
2: Would you run for president if you could?
0: Mm. Uh, yes, to make a difference and be inspirational to other women. Yeah.
2: You would run, you would take that job.
0: I would take that job if I know I can do a lot better or if I knew I can do it and be inspirational, yes.
2: What? I wouldn't want that job for anything. You know how stressful it has to be to be the president and everybody hates you all the time?
0: Uh, yeah, that's part of it because you're a public figure and they elected you there. But um, if I were to choose, yeah, why not? I mean, I'm ready to make a difference.
2: Like what I would do, make I, a difference, but I wouldn't make right? a difference as president. I, I wanna be like a like Malcolm X. Let's let's go break shit.
0: <laughs> like you're free to do everything, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think look, I think we live in a world where we don't need politics because we have the internet. Let's just like everybody vote over the internet. But then like who stops hackers, right?
0: Yeah, I know, right.
2: That's the craziest part. We, if we get rid of our political structure and we decide we're going to have a uh, everybody vote through the Internet system, suddenly all the hackers come out to play and whatever they want to happen is the only thing that's going to happen because they'll make it seem like everybody voted in that favor.
0: <laughs> that's true.
2: And uh, what are the politics in the Philippines? I have no idea how that works.
0: Well, oh, the same as the Philippines, uh, the same. I mean, the United States. We elect our politicians, The same as the United States, um, the president is actually longer term than the president here in the state. I think in our in our country, the president can sit to six years. Sixty years. Six years.
2: Oh, six years! I was about to say sixty six years. years. You sure you guys don't <laughs> want to change
0: that? Yeah, like six years, and a president here can only sit for three years so it's longer term for
2: them yeah well no president here is for i mean i guess it's ultimately because there's this whole Uh, before before and after process that happens ultimately the president does really because there's like a six month let's introduce you to presidency and then the last six months are like let's exit you from president go and shake future president hands or whatever yeah
0: and we don't have any primaries we don't we don't Uh, Yeah, we don't have any primaries. We only have general elections. So there's no like Democrat versus Democrat thing.
2: Okay. So there's just like one. So vote for whoever the hell and whoever wins rules the country.
0: Yeah. Because here you have to like two Democrats are fighting for an election. Then they have general elections. There we only have general elections.
2: Yeah. It's because over here we find popularity contests and uh, reality TV runs our politics So it's like, Mm -hmm. there are five Democrats, which one is going to get the rose? And then do we go ahead and we take the rose to one of them, and it's like, okay, he's the winner of that. Now there are five Republicans, which one is going to get the rose? And then they got the rose, and now they got to go argue with one another.
0: And yeah, they have to fight the Republican, yeah.
2: It would be hilarious if we actually made them fight, though. Like, here's a sword, here's a shield. We're gonna we're gonna close the doors after you guys go into this room. You're the Republican. You're the Democrat. Whoever wins this fight is gonna rule the country. Yes, it's true.
0: Uh, it, I'm sure it happens also in our country because every, every, uh, I, yeah, we had an actor who became a president and he was impeached in two years.
2: Wow, really? Yeah. That's crazy. So, man. I feel like democracy is failing lately.
0: <laughs> yeah, I always wanted to educate people to vote wisely in the Philippines. I think it's important of voting educationally. Because you have to know your uh, leaders. That You have to know their, your candidate has a good background and experience to run a country. You don't just elect them because of their popularity. Yeah.
2: See, I think... There should be here's my my views on this are kind of radical or whatever people call they're super boring, but people get super annoyed. But basically I think one, the only people who should be allowed to vote are people who have multiple PhDs or doctorates. People who've been super ridiculously educated. Also, the only people who get to run should also have those requirements. Second Anybody who's running does not get to use any money provided to them from anybody. They're given equal TV and media exposure at all times. So if this guy has... There's
0: actually a rule in the Philippines that they have to have a limit of TV exposure. So that's one in the Philippines. We also have that rule in the Philippines.
2: See, that doesn't exist here. Right now, Trump can pay to have 800 million ads of himself on YouTube and nobody can say crap because he paid for them.
0: Oh my, that's crazy. I'm sure he has the money for it. But in the Philippines, uh, politicians or candidates have a airtime limit in TV and radio. So they're equal.
2: See, that makes more sense because people are more likely to vote for somebody they have seen more times.
0: Yeah, it's about awareness as well.
2: Yeah, but uh, the awareness... See, that's definitely the problem because people being more aware of the individual they're thinking whatever i saw on the commercial or whatever i saw in the debate that's them and then they do no research and they vote based on whatever <laughs> they think it is
0: yeah they, yeah that's true
2: that's why you got to run for president
0: <laughs> but I run to make a difference not because I'm
2: popular, look you right? just have to run to then open the way for me and then we're gonna you you ever seen house of cards no But I know it. You should definitely watch it. But what we got to do is you got to run and then you're going to do a bunch of horrible stuff while you're the president so that I can then become like senator and become president (laughs) after you. And then we'll just pocket all the tax money.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We probably end up in jail, the both of us. They're going to call us because I'm I'm like the person, oh, I did it.
2: No, don't tell anybody. We're totally, we don't confess. We just say we have no idea what they're talking about. And then we blame some (laughs) other completely innocent individual. We'll blame Bernie or somebody. (laughs) Say Bernie did it.
0: That's a good story to write. That's entertainment.
2: You see, those things really are exciting. It's, there's so, that's a problem when you have like, these ideas and you're like, man, it would be great to write. But as you, as you ever have that problem when you're writing your story that in the middle of it, you, you, you come up with a character. And uh, just to sort of serve the purpose of the story. And then you're like, wow, this character is really interesting. I might want them have their own story. Does that happen to you, often?
0: Oh, yeah, it does. It does because I made a lot of changes in my scene just to make sure it connects to the story. So, yeah, it happens to me a lot.
2: So you have a lot of characters you would, like, branch out and make their own stories for.
0: No, but I want to make sure it connects to the story so readers will understand it or expand more. So I want to connect everything.
2: And there's no character, yeah. you, there's no character you would ever consider, like, okay, this story ends, but I love that character a lot. I want to make them have their own story where they're the main character.
0: No, I stick to the one story only. Like Because you're there. As, for me as a writer, I wrote the character there for a story. So it has to end with the story.
2: Fascinating. That's interesting. I've never actually heard that perspective before. Some people don't even think about it. But I've never heard somebody actively choose that they're in the story. They're staying in the story. I yeah. I do this weird thing where I like to sort of... Look at the story. I'm totally like the weirdest freaking writer ever. I break all the rules intentionally. I'm like, whatever. Nobody's going to read this anyways. So I make the story. And sometimes I like characters so much that I decide I want to explain in their own story. Like they're going to work in this story the way they're supposed to work in a story. But they're going to have their own story, a different book that's going to be based entirely on how they became who they are. And maybe I'll even guide them right up until the point that we see them in this story.
0: Uh, yeah, that's a great, especially if that character is likable by the readers, I think that's a great short story.
2: What is your favorite character from the stories you've written?
0: Um, Angie Thompson, because I wanted to be as smart as her.
2: Would you become a physicist to make a time machine?
0: You don't have to, We just get the right materials for it. Probably a scientist. Yeah, you have to be a scientist for that.
2: What? You definitely need to be... You don't think you need to be a physicist to make a time machine?
0: Uh, no. just have For me, just to have the right materials and the logic for that to make a time machine, then you, I, probably you can make one.
2: Fair enough. At the end of the day, we don't even know what time is. So maybe it could just be like, get dark matter and you hit the floor with it and it goes back in time. We don't even know. Like a tracheon allegedly goes backwards in time and nobody's like nobody made a tracheon it's just a particle that's doing it naturally maybe we just grab a tracheon and figure it out time travel
0: yeah but she's a very intelligent person i mean um when i read the story i i showed the readers the award that she got in high school i mean that's fascinating i want to be as smart as her so i can do more things in life Uh,
2: well, if you were to go back to college what would you go back for
0: probably to study a different course
2: what course would you focus on
0: probably creative writing or probably to be a doctor
2: what did you take when you were in college
0: i took political science
2: political science whoa why what what appealed to you about political science
0: because i'm in, into politics i wanted to do something good so yeah I, i'm also planning to be a lawyer at that time
2: oh my god so you're probably gonna be in politics in the future
0: <laughs> someday yeah who knows
2: that's fantastic and so writing is just a thing that happened then
0: yeah by accidentally like i told you before um by just reading books i told myself what if it, i can write my own book and the rest of history
2: man the origin of a writer is such a weird story like you had no plans when you were younger you were just like i read now in the future you've read so much that you're like i want to write
0: yeah, that's, that's
2: me right there. <laughs> that's crazy. See, when I was young, I, I also didn't plan to be a writer. I thought I would, I, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, since I was young, chemistry. I went to college for chemistry and medicine. That's that's what I had in mind. I'm going to go be a doctor. I'm going to go make money that way. But I didn't, like, w- in medical school, I hated every moment of it. I hated every second of it. And then I ended up being a writer. Who the, he- like, how? It was just a thing. It's
0: very expected, but um yeah, very expected. That's how life is. You don't know what's gonna happen next. I think it's important to buy you every single day.
2: Yeah, the randomness of life is exciting. If it was exactly what we planned, there would be no purpose. Yes, that's true. Isn't that weird? Like we plan all these things. We're I'm gonna go to college for this. You went to college for that and we're like, Yeah, we're gonna do this thing and then we're doing something completely different.
0: Yeah, that's 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 the cycle of life. You don't know what's gonna happen next. That's why we should appreciate life.
2: More. Yeah, the random course of it, and it's, what's crazier is none of that would have happened had you still been back home, right?
0: Yeah, probably. yes.
2: Now, yeah, back home. What is the family business, if there is one? Um,
0: uh, probably more on trade. Probably
2: your, your family trades a lot. What, what do you mean? They have like yeah, a yeah,
0: because we we used to own a pawn shop, so I think there's there's probably trading also. Um, yeah.
2: That's fascinating. So it was always business related. Your family is very business oriented.
0: Yeah. My grandmother uh, owns like a jewelry shop in the Philippines.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You ever work there?
0: Uh, No, I visited, but I never worked there because I'm too young.
2: Oh, Warren. And uh, what, what age? Oh, you know what? That's a fascinating question. What age is legal adult in the Philippines?
0: The same age as anyone 18. Really? Yeah.
2: Isn't there somewhere in the planet that's like 14? You're an adult. I don't know, I, I I'm not sure what country,
0: but in our country the same as like any other eighteen.
2: Man, the world's looking too much like itself. How long do you think will go by before everywhere looks identical and behaves identical? Like everywhere's democ- is a democracy. <laughs> so
0: how, yeah, eighteen. When you're eighteen you can now drink or smoke or go to the bars and basically eighteen.
2: And uh is uh what's uh the, the faith in the Philippines? The most oh, common. What? What's the most common faith, like the religious belief?
0: Uh Catholic. The religious are uh, the religion belief are. Uh, hmm. We we tend to go to church often because I every time I go to church in the Philippines, there's a lot of attendees. So we're very church faith people. Like we like lo- we love going to church.
2: And it's uh, it's heavily dominated by Catholicism. Man, how did the Catholics do it? They run the world.
0: <laughs> yeah. I remember when I was a kid, um, Pope John Paul went to the Philippines, and we all went to the to the place where Pope is. I mean, I, I love that memory. I remember walking with my dad just to see the Pope.
2: Would you poke the Pope if you could, just to have said you'd touched him?
0: Uh, no, I just I, I think I just stare at the Pope.
2: <laughs> what if he walked up to you and said, poke me so you can tell people you've touched me?
0: Oh, I will do that. I'll probably give him a hug because I know i never see him again.
2: New person. What? What? Here's the thing. You could, he's like, poke me and then tell people you've poked me. And if they ever ask me, I will confirm. And you're like, can I get a hug? Cause I'll never see you again. And then he gives you a hug and he's like, you'll see me again, child. And then you go home that day and you're sleeping in the middle of the night. And then he just pops up in your room and he's like, let's have a lengthy conversation about life. Oh, I
0: cry. I cry because
2: that's a very special moment for me. That's uh, We'll cry <laughs> So you're heavily religious too.
0: Um, Likely yeah, but I, yeah, yes.
2: How do you consolidate the existence of God and the existence of aliens at the same time?
0: Well, I do believe in what I see, so I believe that what I see is the truth, then that's the truth, whatever I see.
2: Fat, you see, I like that. That is so logical.
0: Yeah, if I see something, then I know it's real. That's
2: it. So you, you don't officially believe in anything you haven't witnessed. And for example, God is faith. And you're like, there might be a God. And as far as I know, there might be a God. But if I saw proof that there wasn't, suddenly there isn't. And if you saw proof there is, for a f- so you're more of an agnostic, if anything.
0: Yeah, but I do believe in God. I do believe in the faith. So yes, I do believe in God. But in in, in my life, if, if I I have to believe something that I see first. Not, I mean, I'm not going to believe you if I don't see you. I mean, that's logic, right? I mean, you as a person, you're telling me that you're a person. I have to see you as a person. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Do you think robots are people?
0: Robots are people? Possibly, yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's probably in the future, there's going to be like a human robot. Why not?
2: Yeah. And you think like, let's say they say they feel something. Are you going to believe them?
0: Uh, if If they have evidence, yes, I'm going to believe them.
2: Fair enough. So like the, in the future, oh man, that's so weird, like robots falling in love with people.
0: Yeah, I Yeah, there's a story about that. I think one person married a robot for that. I think there's an article written about that.
2: Would you write a story about a robot falling in love with a person?
0: Uh, why not? Yes, that's a very interesting one. I'm sure it will click because I already have them.
2: My suggestion is you use your current character, you kill one of the two, and then you have them use that same time machine to go way into the future to when robots are treated like people, and then you have them fall in love with a robot. Or in fact, you take them right to the point when people are still debating whether people are people or or whether robots are people or not, so that it's like, like, like taboo, you know, like falling in love with a robot is taboo. And then you make like a Romeo and Juliet with a robot and a person with a time machine.
0: Yeah, that's true. Thank you. I I, I love the suggestion. I I love to do that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. But um, th- <laughs> that would be a fascinating story. That would definitely. There's a movie about a robot who I don't know if she loves the daughter. It's called I Am Mother on Netflix.
0: Oh really? I I am your mother. Yeah, I, I watched that. Yeah, I watched that.
2: With the girl, the watched... the girl that was raised by the robot.
0: Yeah, I watched that. I watched it from the beginning to the end and then.
2: What do you yeah, think about that movie? Do you think that robot loves that little girl?
0: Yeah, for him to... Uh, I don't want to ruin the whole story, the whole movie, but for him to do that, to have a, a person pretend to do something for her, then yes. I mean, she took care of that kid since a, a baby. So yeah, I, yeah, there's physical love right there.
2: But, but you don't think the robot was faking it for the sake... Because there were, what was it? It was like three different children they that that were found to have been failed experiments by the robot
0: well i think i still uh feel the love when she was taking good care of her
2: yeah fair enough because i think it was just uh, based on the way the robot was behaving i think it was like a hard decision when you feel that the child isn't functional the way you expected so what she had to do was probably hard anyways but she did it regardless because it's about making the perfect human or whatever Yes, that's true. It's a really weird movie. Yeah,
0: I was actually surprised by the
2: ending. I I was too. It was truly amazing. It was. <laughs> there's some plot holes in that movie. That just questions in general, like if this robot has access to all the cameras and can see everything. How did that lady pop up and the robot not notice? But <laughs> I guess that robot was just playing along.
0: Yeah, that's true. I, I was shocked.
2: Yeah. What's your favorite movie?
0: Titanic.
2: Titanic
0: yeah i tell you, i love the story in general the the love story I, I love
2: it i i that's one of my i don't know if uh <laughs> that's one of my, i find that movie so funny specifically the very end when she's like i'll never let go and then she shoves him into the water
0: I know it's like that, That's very emotional and somehow funny because if you don't want, if you said that, you should have never let him go.
2: I mean, yes.
0: If you haven't let him go, uh, they probably just rescue you guys, the both of you, and have him like in a heated place, and she'll be fine, and she'll be alive. If you, if you didn't put him in the water, um uh, she'll probably be, still be alive.
2: Yeah, see, that's crazy. Can you... Oh, my God. What if that's the alternative here? And she doesn't know it. She's like, he's dead. No, he's just passed out. But she's like, he's dead. I'll never let you go. Jams him in the water. Now she killed him. But in reality, he was just knocked out. And had she just wait... Because she pushed him. And like a second later, these people popped up. Had she just waited.
0: If you hold on to him and you you got rescued, the both of you, they're just going to make... The temperature hot, and he's gonna and he's gonna be alive. I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. I wish he was alive. And I I think they did a show. What if Leonardo and Kate fit into that door? They're probably alive. I mean, that door that Kate was um that
2: huge on. door. It's, they both clearly fit on.
0: They 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 both can fit on it. I watched it in the show.
2: Yeah, it's it was so I oh my god, so hilarious! Like he clearly fit on that.
0: Yeah,
2: it was like she was ta- he was basically spoiling her like the rich brat she was, and it's like <laughs> y- you would take up a whole bed here, take up a whole door.
0: Yeah,
2: and then that's how they that's died. True.
0: I mean, yeah, that's kind of sad because the that Leonardo died. That's kind of sad.
2: Would you have liked to have been Kate in that movie?
0: What, that oh, was yes, her name, I right? Know. It was not Kate, no, it was
2: Rose. That was her name, right? Rose.
0: Yeah, Rose. I forgot the last name. Yeah, I love to play that part because it's so uh, beautiful. It was so yeah, so beautiful. I love the scene that they were both flying, like like you know, that stretching.
2: Yeah, yeah. Part. The uh, the front of the, the the ship.
0: Yeah, I think that was it. Was beautifully made.
2: You don't think it's creepy that she totally let this guy one see her? She's known him for like a day and a half and he's already over here drawing her he's seeing her naked first of all and then he's drawing her naked
0: like yeah, yeah yeah like
2: bro he's gonna leave this ship and maybe let's say it doesn't sink and he's just you're gonna go home to your like husband or whatever He's just going to leave and some stranger has a nude portrait of you that just belongs to him. He could do whatever. He could sell that. He could recreate it a million times and make mad money off of your naked body. This guy saw you once. He probably does this all the time. He rides mad ships every year and he cons one woman into giving him nudes. And then he just sells that picture and then rides the next boat.
0: Yeah, that, that, that can be a possibility and a betrayal in the story.
2: It, yeah because it's what if he's just a clever con man that would have been <laughs> i would have loved to see the alternative to this like how many ways could this story have gone
0: i I probably uh, you know the dicapula or jack was still alive i think that makes a big difference i think i think if jack was alive it's gonna be a more happier ending
2: do you think what if uh because then we gotta think about like okay so jack is alive and uh, Rose is still... She's married or gonna get married or engaged or some crap like that. So she goes and she still has to leave with this man. Now the story becomes about this affair she's having with Jack. Yes,
0: yeah, it's true. But... um i but in the story they're gonna escape the ship and be together i think they can still uh get away with it i mean she's not technically married yet, it's just
2: um, oh ending. she's not married so they're gonna run away together they're like screw my husband he could stay wherever Screw <laughs> my fiance i'm not gonna marry him we're gonna run away
0: <laughs> that's a more uh intriguing story like part two titanic part two
2: definitely or the alternate ending <laughs> Because uh, here's the thing, it would be hard to make an alternate ending like that, considering the ship is like sinking for for a whole half of a movie.
0: Yeah, I know. For that movie, uh, to make that movie is around 200 million for it, because I don't know if they made the real ship or they have great effects. I mean, so difficult to make a real ship and sink it.
2: I'm sure they had fantastic effects, and probably a mixture of both. maybe some of the shots were a real ship, and some of the shots were these special effects that can have a, a genuine combination of both things happening
0: yeah i love uh yeah that's why I love about a story it's so beautiful i mean it it makes me feel like I'm inside the ship
2: so that's definitely your favorite and uh what's your favorite uh, novel
0: uh the timekeeper by uh mitch Abel.
2: what what's that about?
0: Uh, basically she wrote about two different characters i think one is a teenager one is a very rich guy and one is from the past and they were able to connect each other so beautiful
2: Mm, very intriguing i might have to look into that the timekeeper that sounds familiar i feel like i've heard about that one before i might have already read that i'm not entirely sure (laughs) All right, before we get out of here, if you could tell your listeners, your, everybody who's going to read your book and everybody who's listening to this one, one enlightening thing, what would you tell them to better their lives?
0: Um, always be in the positive side and always, if you wanted to do something, don't be afraid to do it and just work hard in it and it will happen.
2: Fantastic. Let everybody know where they can find you, where they can buy your book, where they can find your social media, anywhere you're gonna be, anything you're gonna be doing.
0: Uh time travel is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Mashrid, and Kubu. And they can find me on Facebook. Just type Roxanne Sanuse. On Instagram is uh, Roxanne underscore Sanuse on Twitter is SJ
2: Okay. Well, Anywho, thank you for being here. It was real fun to have a conversation with you. I really enjoyed kind of
0: you
2: picking your brain. It was very exciting to see. What, uh, yeah. We don't commonly have writers here because writers tend to be recluses who don't want to share their voice. I'm glad you were definitely up for this. This is exciting. I like to pick the mind of writers and see what the processes <laughs> are and see what their interests are. We're all super weird and we should talk to each other
0: yeah well thank you so much i love sharing everything i like i like um answering any question you have
2: for sure and we're definitely going to work on anytime you have anything coming out just let us know and we'll bring you back on so you can come and have a nice conversation about it oh i will perfect thank you for being on so much
1: what i don't know
2: whoa super dazed out what the the coming out of that that time travel moment where we were in this past conversation and it was you know how hard it was to not touch anything that was happening while i was having that conversation with her that would rearrange the moment because i i'm watching me have a conversation with roxanne i could have altered anything at any moment and that conversation could have changed but i had to I had to just sit there so that the people can w- basically what i did i jumped into that moment with a recording device so that the readers the readers so the listeners can hear me and roxanne have that conversation but i couldn't get caught by myself they needed to just i needed to be the, like a fly on the wall because I'm also a fly man, I turned to fly.
1: Why did you have to do that? What was wrong with your like the original? You their their stuff wasn't working.
2: They weren't recording. They were just having there a were... conversation. Oh, they had a conversation. Then I told myself, look, we're gonna have a genuine conversation and not record any of it. And then in the future, I'm gonna use a time machine to go back and record it.
1: Why would they agree to this? To why? just have it.
2: Two people can't just agree to have a conversation.
1: Yeah, but it's just a weird step to have to go back in time to record it.
2: If you have a time machine, you that's do whatever really you want. Boring for you. Who says I learned so much? Because you already
1: had the conversation. You and I'm already learning those things. I'm
2: learning things now.
1: You're the first time you weren't.
2: I was, but I'm learning more on this. It's like when you watch a movie nine times.
1: You shouldn't watch a movie nine times.
2: But if you did, on the ninth time, you learned something. Maybe.
1: <laughs> I think it takes like maybe two times.
2: And then you stop learning. <laughs> yeah. After the second time, you don't learn Actually, anymore.
1: Actually, no. Because you learn everything in the first time. And then the second time, is like, oh, now I see th- these things.
2: No, not really. I guess you
1: are kind of learning. You are. I'm not sure. But
2: look, you get to definitely learn nine times. I can give you one example and you're going to be like, yeah. And the best example is The Departed. You could jump into that movie, see it once, get to the end, be like, "Holy crap!" You make it back to the beginning, see the guy who was in every freaking scene, but wasn't even like an addressed character, and you're like, "Wow!" And then you make it to the end, and you're like, "But wait, how did all these characters hide in between? And what did he do that they didn't see? And when did he do it? Now you catch all the kind of like on the third go through, you saw the guy who was hidden the whole movie. They didn't know about the first time, the second time you totally were aware of him, but the third time, now that you've caught him on all the scenes, you're focusing on what he did that allowed him to be all the way at the end and kind of be the winner of a movie you didn't even know he was a, What if it
1: ca- just took you the first time watching it to see all You're that? You <laughs> are amazing
2: at watching movies. Yeah, Like at that point that's a trained skill you have.
1: Mm-hmm. You have
2: l- mastered the art of watching a movie.
1: I have. I have a trophy for that.
2: You have a trophy for that?
1: Yes, I'm very proud of it.
2: Uh, to be fair, I'm sure that some movies are built intentionally with the idea that you would go and you'd watch them. A couple of times to gain the full picture. That'd be an interesting thing to do. Somebody who specifically who does that all the time, not in movies, but now that we're just coming out of... In books. In books, is Chuck Palahniuk. You will go through a whole story. He will sprinkle everything you need. It's almost like he's writing a mystery novel or something where you have all the answers. You just don't know it because he's distracting you with dumb shit the whole time. You make it to the end and you're like... I don't know how he tricked me. I don't know why. Or I know how he tricked me. And I don't know how he made me fall for it. When it was like specifically in Choke. You're going through that story. And you're like, there's no way. There's no way that's what's happening. This is crazy.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. You start believing in yourself. But you know it can't be true either. You know it can't be true. And he knows it can't be true either. But you're both like, what if?
2: Yes. He sells it so hard. That as you're going through it, you're like, but. But maybe it is. Like, it's not. But, but maybe it is. And then you make it to the end of the story and you're like, I'm a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. Then you go back to the beginning and you're basically reading a different story. When you've made you to,
1: to do that to that story. That's pretty good. Yep. Fight Club is the
2: same thing. You're, you're at the beginning. You're going through the story. You're like, he's, he's giving you all the answers. He's not even hiding the answers. They're kind of in your face. When you read that story the second time, you're like, I don't even know how I didn't catch this. It's not like he hid it. Oh my god. It was so how cleverly written this was. It was hidden in plain sight. No. He's being super direct, but something about how he writes his stories makes it so it's you almost disregard obvious signs. And you make it to the end, you're like, get the fuck out of here. So you come back to the beginning and you start going through and you're like, duh. But then you make it to the end and you're like, oh, but all this other thing. It's like you read that book a hundred million times, you read a hundred million different stories. Every perspective gives you a different story when it comes, mm-hmm. to like a Chuck Palahniuk book.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a, that's really interesting. I hope she can. We can do that with um, to the time travel book. We're gonna get it. We're gonna buy it and enjoy it.
2: We're gonna enjoy the book. Yes, for shizzle. I
1: just I really love time travel. That was sold to me. Just it's time travel story
2: yeah definitely i think everybody should pick up the book go and explore this girl's work she put she put effort into it it is a every writer's unique so so the most exciting part is finding out what special twists and turns this is going to take because like we were talking about in in that conversation when it comes to a genre of a book like the genre narrative of a story there's the the typical tropes you sort of almost have to satisfy you don't have to satisfy them but it's usually the guidelines that you do in a romance or you know put them together they're expecting they're going to end up together what they're here for that is the surprise is how they end up together we know they're gonna end up together that's what we're here for how is it gonna happen that's what's exciting are they gonna survive are they gonna make it that's are they gonna what's lose exciting something else what are they going to sacrifice to be together? Mm -hmm. That's what makes a romance story stand out. What are they going to sacrifice to be together?
1: Yes. Yes.
2: But ultimately, I think that's something that applies to every story. You still have to satisfy in the romance or, you know, the happy ending or not necessarily the happy ending, but the fact that they get together. That's that's the quote, happy ending in a romance story. But every story needs to have the exchange of tremendous sacrifice for accomplishment. Yes, that's the real trade off. And finding out what that is, is the ride the reader is on. Mm
1: -hmm. It's so good, though. Oh, man.
2: That's exciting.
1: That is exciting
2: that is definitely what people need to be looking into that's the reason people need to be invested that's what they should be looking for so you guys should i've
1: been doing that though to like video games and movies and just shows that we watch i'm watching them like they're all like books like looking at the things that are putting the story together what are these characters being forced to do i guess in a situation like how far is this person gonna push this character before It's too much or whatever. When
2: you enter critic mode, it's hard to sort of... Like, you almost enjoy it more because you know what you're looking for almost.
1: But is that a bad thing to be doing instead of enjoying it as it should be?
2: Here's the thing. There should be just like... Again, this is something people miss a lot. And you should have... One, you should enjoy things. This makes it easier to happen. You should enjoy things anything that puts you in a neutral state, like you like it, but it wasn't like the most mind blowing thing in the world. Like, yeah, it was fun. I liked it. Ignore that. Or it wasn't the best thing, but ignore that. When something pisses you off, like a story sucks, you think it sucks a lot. And when something is astounding, like, wow, what made this? That's when you watch it the first time completion. The second time is because you either hated it, or you loved it, and that's when you go in critical thinking mode. You have to be the creator the first time, where you're not judging anything. You're just going through it for the enjoyment of going through it. On the second one, you're the editor. You're going through it to see the reasoning, the motivation. It's like when I
1: find something I really enjoy, I end up in critic mode automatically just by the enjoyment I'm having of whatever I'm watching or reading or whatever it is. It, yeah. I just can't help it because it's so good. And I'm like, how much better could it get?
2: No, you just got to learn to enjoy it. You got to learn to go through it, enjoy it, go through it, not, not judging anything. Just let the ride take me. Mm-hmm. And then on the second go, you do the let's pick it apart thing. That's, I've, I've done that with a couple of things, but they have to really, really drive me. I've done that with, like for example, Resident Evil 4. I played that in and out. I know everything about that game because it blew my freaking mind. I've done everything in that. Over and over and over. Every possible different way. The book Fight Club. I've read that goddamn book so many freaking times, but there's something about going through it and picking it apart and understanding characters' motivations and. Just Bob, just Bob wanting to make connection with anybody because he felt emasculated and making friends with masculine males is all he wanted. He didn't want to be the masculine male. He just wanted to be surrounded with that energy so he wouldn't feel he's losing it because his striving life was enough to make him lose it. So he's trying to compensate for who he was by surrounding himself by who he could have been. Those things, those small details that build a world, Mm -hmm. that fascinates me. And that's why I return the things that I like. I don't return yeah. to things often. I have to like something a lot.
1: You got to find those things and return to them.
2: Yeah. It's good. It's good to understand. Cause, but the problem is I have the problem where I, if it doesn't excite me particularly, I never go back. I watch most movies once and never return.
1: You got to read that crappy story and finish it one day. Oh, my God.
2: It's so difficult. But I know why I don't like it. It's description bombing. I hate description bombing. That's true. <laughs> it's hard to make it through when you're dropping nine hundred descriptions on me. Guide me through the story and teach me through the world what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. But I've struggled going through that story. I don't even remember what freaking. I don't remember the name of the book or this, It's that forgettable. I don't remember the name of the book. I don't remember the name of the author. And it's just. Do you
1: even hard. know what it was about?
2: I don't think the story starts until like page twenty.
1: Whoa. Okay. That's, that's how, like, too much. This is Man, what this guy fair. looks like. Mm.
2: This is what the technology of. Because I remember it was like a f- book into the future. I think it was Player One.
1: Are you sure? I don't think it was that. It wasn't
2: Player One or was it a theme park one or some shit like that? I think like it was that. a theme park. Right? God. It's just. I hate. This is my point. Also, Player One had that problem, but it didn't you last tried that long. you try to read that one? Yeah. It, I was, it was the. I actually finished that book. It really? was the first, oh. maybe three to like five pages or just giant description bombs mm. and it's they, like is that why Christ. people
1: loved it because it was all the descriptions of the things they wanted to see because the movie it just looks like it's a bunch of references to everything and it's like i don't know i, I don't know if that makes it a good thing
2: i'm one of those people who i don't like, I, I don't want to know things
1: does that but it's i still enjoy stranger see, things See,
2: stranger things isn't a description bomb though because stranger things from beginning to end it's movement forward they're not just showing everybody's life and everybody it's like weird shit's happening from moment 1 yeah and the story's moving forward the whole time when you stop to explain this is where we are this is what this character looks like this is what that character this is our relation show me you don't have to tell me show me show me these things they're good these characters relate in a certain way all right show me that happening don't tell me this what it is characters hair is brown who the fuck cares unless it matters later that the hair is brown and maybe show me when it matters
1: hmm. well what if it's like a mystery book you kind of need to know like if a person goes missing but then you see this brown hair you find this brown hair but and see, if you knew like
2: you would be would you it have matters to that
1: character that's missing
2: yeah, yeah. it matters and if you're already looking for a character with brown hair whoever is giving you the case details is going to tell you they have brown, you're looking for somebody specific you can easily work that into this is what you're looking for in the characters is the person who's missing you, here's your case this person had this had three children they had this this is where they were last seen blah 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 you could description bomb the crap out of that because that's part of the story Yeah. If it's like, you don't know who you're looking for. It's like, we don't know who we're looking for. You're looking for the murderer now. And you're searching for this killer. You don't know who the killer is. You can just say, but there's traces of brown hair. Later, when you come across a character with brown hair, they can remember the brown hair and acknowledge the fact that, oh, this person also has curly brown hair. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. So you can make those mm-hmm. but you can't just like this character has curly brown hair and then later you come across brown hair is like clearly she she's a killer. She fucking did it.
1: Cause of her hair? Because
2: of her hair. It was her.
1: Okay. You know, yeah. you don't
2: want that either. No. <laughs> Anyways, I'm glad uh, that Roxanne hopped on, gave us her her methods, her her ideas, told us her aspirations. Fascinating to find out that her family fixes slot machines. And uh, I'm going to see if I can get her to join me in first, both of us becoming president and vice president so we can take over the world, obviously.
1: And then robbing the slot machines?
2: Not even the slot machines. We got past that idea. We're not robbing the slot machines. We're going to go and we're going to rig the lottery.
1: Oh. We're going
2: to rig the lottery and we're going to win the lottery. So we're going to rig the lottery and we're going to become president and we're going to rule the world. Okay. Me and Roxanne are going to rule the world. That's That's the plan. And we're also going to
1: hug the Pope.
2: Yeah, we got to hug the Pope and get the Pope to sh- to start making house calls.
1: Oh, yeah. the pope People needs... love his voice. They want to be with him.
2: Do people they love Pope Francis?
1: <laughs> yes, they love him.
2: Do people love all the Popes.
1: Uh, yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah, God picked the Pope. You can't hate him. Yeah. Anywho, to find out more about this show, you can find it. On the social media... But that's my new uh, advertisement voice. The social media platforms. <laughs> okay. You can also find all this lady's lovely creations. You can find her socials at the following locations. Her Instagram, Roxanne underscore San Jose. You can find Roxanne San Jose on Facebook. Just type in Facebook slash Roxanne San Jose. You can also find her on Twitter at S J roxanne uh as well as you could just probably go to all those places and type her name or like google her and type in roxanne san jose you can as well find her book time travel her new book at amazon barnes and nobles kobo and smashwords and pretty much just go to google type in roxanne san jose time travel and uh enjoy a lovely story about a woman trying to save her boyfriend in the past for this and more things of this nature, you can find our show at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at JustConvoPod.
1: And you can find us on our official website, greatthoughts.info. And also, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher.
2: Yes, and remember to subscribe, rate, review, and comment. And any comments you have, we will read as you heard at the top of this show.
1: And let people know who might like it
2: yes word of mouth it is the best thing the greatest thing you go ahead and when you get your vcr with this you guys don't you guys don't know what i'm talking about yet but you you, eventually you're gonna understand you're gonna understand that you're gonna have a vcr and when you have this vcr we're gonna we're gonna explain this one day we're gonna jump into a long explanation about getting vcrs
1: and what to do with it
2: and what to do with vcrs When when you have it save it save it and hit people with it with the podcast inside the VCR. Bam! That's how it works. We're
1: sending them the podcast also as a VCR form thing.
2: We'll explain this to them in the future. Okay. Anyways, thank you for listening to the Just Conversation podcast. Take nothing personal.
1: Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. your
2: ethernet
1: the ethernet yeah that's the internet thing
2: yeah the ethernet i don't know which what's the difference of what of ethernet and internet those are both things we say are they the same thing
1: what is the ethernet
2: does it mean it's i don't know that's what people call the the internet that's what
1: you said yeah it's ethernet
2: ethernet and internet (laughs) oh but is the ethernet the the net in the ether
1: I don't know what's the Ethernet.
2: I think it's just the internet. It might be the the right name for the internet. By who? By uh, whoever decides what the right words are. I don't know. Like Webster it's
1: a different language.
2: No, I think it's English. It's English. Yeah, I think it's just Webster decides what is what because it's just like Google tells us information. Webster's the same thing for words. They're like selfies a, is a word now, and we're all like, oh my god, it's finally a word. I couldn't use it like correct or whatever until now it wasn't
1: correct until now until they said
2: it's a word it's, how does that work? Is that that's really how people think though isn't it?
1: It's the, isn't it the opposite though? they're just stealing what we're saying and making them words
2: it's totally what's happening and I don't know why people are mad souped
1: because you're popular now
2: when you make up a word and it gets put it's not like they're like credit for this word due to the suburbs of wherever and
1: maybe they do credit people you're just not looking at the right page.
2: You know what? Maybe there is an entire credits page. But how long do they hold these credits? Like, what about the word how word? The people, <laughs> I don't
1: know. like.
2: Do they still have the credits for that? Like, somebody made up that word. The word word.
1: Who would even? How would we even find the person? Like the word Stan, the Eminem. I guess you would well, thank him, even though it was a word beforehand, but it then was, yes. it became a new reason, I the, mean, a new re- definition for it.
2: Here's the thing. Stan was a name. Now it's a verb or noun. I don't verb. know how language works. It's not a verb. It's like you're, I mean, you'd have to be standing, I guess. Yeah. Standing. You're standing. But I'm a stan. Is that, that's a verb or oh, noun? No, what's the difference between, noun. I mean, what's noun and, um, <laughs> like an adjective? What the fuck is an adjective? I don't know how language works. I don't. What's this thing I'm speaking?
1: What is this thing?
2: Good night. Good morning. Good night.
0: Good
1: morning. The Just Conversation Podcast is hosted by Christina Clauzo and Jack Thomas, produced by Lynn Taylor, and published by Great Thoughts. Info. social media managed by Amber Black.